0: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to talk about those things called movies. We're going to talk about all those movies we saw in 2018, and that's a really long time, and I'm here to tell you which ones were good. So if movies are your religion, and the theater is your church, you came to the right place, baby. Sir, I see you got a bucket of popcorn. You're going to have to throw that away. (laughs) Can't eat in church. Just kneel on it down. Think about what you saw. Did you see something in IMAX? Or Dolby? Bless you, child. Did you see something in 3D? Or do you only watch Disney? That's a paddling. Well, this is a really weird religion I'm making up right now, so we better get to the countdown. It's time for the 2018 Kapow Poobah Awards. Let's go to the movies. Jordan, you excited?
1: Hallelujah!
2: <laughs> I can just do this for two hours. Yeah,
3: <laughs> works do for it. me.
0: Oh, it's time, guys. Alright, coming at you.
2: Once again, it's that time of year. It's award season. It's time to rank The best movies of last year, 2018, and no one is a bigger movie lover here than our pal Seth, affectionately known as the Grand Poobah, and we have created our own award show, the Poobah (laughs) Award. Yes, we have.
1: we got to get it out there before the Oscars, all that stuff. Right.
2: So we are going to run down, not just the top, we don't just honor the best movies of the year, we honor everything that we saw.
1: Yeah, you would think most podcasts would do maybe top 20 maybe a top 15 maybe a top 10 no 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 we can't we can't settle with that
0: that's cliff saying why are we saying all of it because because because.
2: so what is your total count for 2018 how many movies in total
0: did you see 102 it seems that's how it worked out
2: and you last year you were about 91 okay
0: it was never i'm not i wasn't like trying to hit 100 or anything <laughs> yeah, oh we talk, i think you were <laughs> we talked about the, we talked about that the other day and i was just like ah, I've, i it wasn't the goal but my 100th movie i did make myself go out of town for so at least i had to earn it and,
2: and last year i had seen 15 movies compared to his one. Yes, yeah. so i tried to chip in where i could this year i made a little more of an effort i'm at 35
0: Wow, that's way better.
2: So I'm going to try to lend a, a hand when I can, but these are all Seth's rankings. We're going to defer to him.
0: <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'm not a professional. Uh, you are. You're this, on the radio. This, yeah, <laughs> this doesn't mean that the, any of these movies are better than any other ones. And just I, I like some of them better. And you always
2: qualify that ratings can change. You see a movie more than once. You remember right. different things about it. So And this snapshot in time this is your top 102 movies
0: right i'll move these around in the future but right now today this is kind of where i have them all right let's just get to it got a lot of movies to go through i think last year i left out my documentaries that i saw but this year
1: oh lord forbid i
0: didn't i didn't, I didn't leave them out of the count i just didn't include i didn't rank them really but i i I'm going to list off a few I watched that don't really matter, and then I am going to rank a few next to the other movies because they were just so good. And they really should count. But let's start here. I watched one, and this wasn't even bad. (laughs) Remember, these are just the documentaries. These aren't really, like, the end of the list. But something called Shirkers. It was in 1992. It was a... Set in Singapore, there was a movie shot and this the footage was lost. And there's like a whole documentary about these girls trying to find uh, the footage of the movie they were a part of. And it was fine. It's on Netflix. Uh, the road movie we talked about once before is like a bunch of road footage. I guess in Russia, it was a big thing to have cameras on your dash. And you're like watching all this footage of crazy things that happened as people drove in Russia. And it was... Entertaining, but I mean,
2: well, I mean you, you would definitely want footage in case someone, you know, another car comes and colludes with you. I mean, it collides with you,
0: <laughs> right? Right? So <laughs> it Zing. And I, and I, yeah, it had its moments, it, it, it was all right, but it was really just a glorified YouTube <laughs> mashup. There was that Robin Williams uh, come inside my mind HBO documentary that was good, and I learned a lot more about Robin Williams. I didn't know uh, the RBG cnn documentary about ruth bader ginsburg was really good um the zen diaries of gary shandling was very good i learned a lot about him i you know was very impressed by his past
2: yeah you hear comedians just talk nothing but the best about him as a person and a uh, and a performer
0: yeah he's highly uh, thought of in that community so it was nice to learn about him and why he was so great um I uh, what's that Tricky Dick and the Man in Black documentary you turned me on to on Netflix about Johnny Cash and Richard Nixon. You I remember you liking that. Mm-hmm. We had the Andre the Giant documentary. You watched that, didn't you, Cliff? Yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah, it was pretty good. That was pretty good too. These were all these were all good stuff. Those are the documentaries that I didn't rank. Um So now we're gonna get to the movies. Um There was a movie called Madeline's Madeline, which is actually way up on a lot of critics' lists, but it was just really weird. I'm not even going to try to describe it, and it just didn't click with me. There was a movie with Ed Helms and Amanda Seyfried called The Clapper. That was the one where he... (laughs) was a st- a clapper in the audience. That looks
1: so bad. Did you see it? No, I saw the preview for it and I was like, "Nope." <laughs> it was really bad.
2: It looked horrible.
1: I mean, usually it there's some
2: 101 bad.
1: Oh, no
0: well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's I think it's in the 90s here after those documentaries, but yeah, it's uh it's not good. Not good. Um we had mute on Netflix. That was that uh Duncan wasn't it? Duncan Jones, yeah, the guy that did Moon. This was had uh, Garsgård I think, in it. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah, I I, it. I spent this week trying to catch up on some movies as many as I could on Netflix, and that one was on my list. But I remember you not having yeah. much to say about it. Yeah, so
0: Justin Theroux, Paul Rudd. Glad I skipped it. It wasn't any good. Um, that Fahrenheit 451. You just reminded me a few minutes ago that I had seen. Uh, it Was on HBO, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, that was an HBO original. That out of thirty-five movies, that was my number twenty-nine. A, a movie with Michael B. Jordan and Michael Shannon shouldn't be bad, but it was just sort of it's very by the numbers, kind of right. post-apocalyptic feeling. Not terrible, but just not what I hoped it would be.
0: Then we had, uh, sorry, my list got lost on me. Hot summer nights with Timothy Chalamet. He was a big deal last year and doing a lot more movies. He's with Micah Monroe who was in The Guest and it's just like about kids doing drugs and selling drugs in high school and it wasn't any good. (laughs) There was was actually a lot more movies this year that just weren't any good as far as I was concerned. Um, Then we had The Tale with Laura Dern. I remember seeing on HBO about um, it was about there was like a her showing flashbacks of her as a child, I believe, and examining how she was kind of taken advantage of by some adults, and it just it wasn't an enjoyable movie. And I mean, it was telling a story about abuse and things that I understand, and there were some good performances, but I didn't love it compared to other things I saw this year. There's a movie called Mom and Dad with Nicolas Cage and Selma Blair, where for some reason in the suburban community, these moms and dads suddenly have this urge to kill their children. And it was crazy. Nicholas Cage is just every movie's in now. He's completely insane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: he knows what his audience wants from <laughs> yep.
0: him. So yeah, they're just trying to kill their kids and it created some good movies, like they're wanting to like kids are hiding in the basement there like, oh let's get the sawzall and cut in and try to kill them and just scare the hell out of other kids <laughs> again not great thoroughbreds with Anya Taylor Joy Olivia Cook, Anton Yelchin still in movies Wow, how many years has he been dead
2: it's been a couple
0: um <laughs> two teenage girls rekindle their unlikely friendship and uh Anya Taylor-Joy has a stepdad who's kind of a problem, and they decide maybe they're going to kill him. And it wasn't that great. So The Apostle. This is the first movie directed by Gareth Evans, I believe, since The Raid 1 and 2, which are two of my favorite movies. And this has um, Dan Stevens from Downton Abbey and The Guest, and he's great. Um, Legion. Huh? Legion. Legion, yeah, true. And this it wasn't bad. It had uh, Michael Sheen in it. Um It was I mean, it was just too long. It was a little long.
2: That's another one I put in my queue and then thought it did, just didn't seem like it'd be up my alley.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of a thing. It's like set 100 years ago and his sister was taken by a cult and he has to go infiltrate. It had some clever ideas. Of how he would infiltrate and what he would do about it, and but and there's some neat fighting, of course, in it because it's Gareth Evans, but not, not too great. Then we had another not great movie from uh, Liam Neeson called The Commuter, where he's a uh, just a just a businessman trying to get where he wants to go, like Liam Neeson always is doing. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, unwittingly caught up in a criminal conspiracy. Threatens the lives of everyone around him. Um, got Patrick Wilson in it and Jonathan Banks. It, it, it had its moments, but you know we had the Polka King. This was one of the first movies I watched last year on Netflix. Jack Black. He there was a there's a uh, documentary also on Netflix or there was at the time about this Pennsylvania pol- polka legend. Yeah. Jan Lewon or Jan Lewan I think was his name and he develops get rich quick things and con all these old people who like his polka music and it's just right it just was made for Jack Black to play that role um, Jenny Slate was in it and Jason Schwartzman I mean that's pretty good pretty good okay I can't, I can't really say any of these were pretty good yet <laughs> We're still at the not-so-great. So So we are still... We're at fine. The scale is... The thumb
2: is still kind of down at this point. (laughs)
0: Yeah. We're getting to... I could see some people enjoying some of these as we get to them. Yeah, watchable things. But not... Yeah. Like a feudal and stupid gesture. Didn't you see that, Cliff? Yes. This was about National Lampoon.
1: I thought it was pretty good.
0: Yeah, it was fine. Will Forte, Donald Gleason, Martin Mall, Thomas Lennon. You know, just talking about National Lampoons and how they introduced the world to Bill Mer- Murray and Chevy Chase, Belushi and Gilderadner and all that. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, Paterno with Al Pacino was a—he played Joe Paterno and did a pretty good job. It was all about the rise and fall of Joe Paterno and the whole scandal at Penn State. Rattakio. That's pretty good. I like Alpacino. Hold the dark. You just watched that recently.
2: Ooh, that's a little higher on my list. Yeah. Number twenty three on my list.
0: <laughs> Out of. Thirty five. Okay, so.
2: I broke mine down. I had thirty five movies and I have five I called great.
0: Okay. Ten
2: very good. Ten good enough, which is our catchphrase. Right. And then ten that were meh. This so was it meh. is in my good enough category. Okay. This is in my meh.
3: <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> I remember there being a scene where there was like a standoff, and I thought it was pretty tense and cool. And other than that, it just was too long. And well,
2: this is one of the directors you mention all the time. Yeah,
0: Jeremy Saulnier, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I like him. I didn't. Riley like Keough, yeah.
2: uh, Jeffrey Wright, a starring role. Well shot, well filmed, good acting, but every line of dialogue was like when the cold comes through a window. <laughs> our souls depart you know it's like everything was trying to be poetry and it was all i think it's based on a book and they said the book had kind of the same sort of you don't really get all the facts by the end so it was doing that same thing where you're left with more questions than answers and it just didn't add up it was a neat journey i didn't mind watching it but it didn't add up
0: to the final uh, it was bleak it yes, was a bleak movie. it was indeed bleak okay then we had i kill giants based on the comic book who wrote that comic book joe kelly
2: K- Casey or Casey? kelly
0: kelly sorry joe
2: <laughs> joe killer uh,
0: <laughs> anyway i have that trade and it it's just a story about a girl who fights giants and is dealing with some problems at home and it was fine it was a it was a good you know translation of the comic book but you know, it was fine. <laughs> uh, we had The Endless, which was directed by um, Mo- Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson. I forget what else they did, but they it was really weird about these brothers who used to be in a cult, and then they returned to it for some reason years later to just see how their thoughts had changed and things. And it was interesting but I wouldn't recommend it. Just fine. Uh the Cloverfield Paradox we all watched last year after the Super Bowl. Where was that on your list?
2: 31 in the meh section.
0: Yeah. It's a it's a meh. Uh some I feel neat like it, some neat ideas, some yeah. neat sci-fi stuff. There were moments in that I liked. You just know.
2: didn't add up to a, a whole...
0: Yep. Then I watched a movie called Braven with jason momoa where he uh he's a logger defending his family from a group of dangerous drug runners
2: i would have preferred liam neeson in that
3: role (laughs) it
0: was it was probably written for liam neeson (laughs) that little rambo-ish to it he used a bow and arrow and things and it was all right okay here's a movie we have not discussed together um that normally we would discuss on our normal podcast but. I haven't got anyone's opinion, but here's mine: <laughs> Black Mirror Bandersnatch.
2: I didn't count that as a movie. I counted it as an episode.
0: But okay, well, I, it, yeah, well, it, yeah, it, it's in here as a movie. So, and it was long.
2: <laughs> an hour, yeah, it was an hour and a half.
0: Yeah. So that was the Choose Your Own Adventure movie that we'll probably dive into on our normal podcast. But it was it, it
2: was a uh, cooler gimmick than it was. It was a gimmick. A movie. And I enjoyed it. I'd like to go through it again. I read some reviews of some things, some paths I didn't choose. I'm like, oh, I'd like to see that. So overall, yeah, yeah good, but more more for the format than the execution, right?
0: Uh, watch a movie called When We First Met. You probably watched this on Netflix. Uh, it was a uh... yep, yeah, I it's
1: watched like that. Time,
0: Wasn't it a time travely thing?
1: Yeah, I watched it with my kids and. What's that guy's name? Adam Devine. Yes. For him, it wasn't horrible. Yeah. Wasn't
0: horrible. We're at the wasn't horrible <laughs> level. Time travel thing. Something to do with a photo booth. Yeah. 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 It's all right. This one's getting a lot of praise. Mandy with Nicolas Cage it was the one I think, you know, it was just very psychedelic. Very, very psychedelic and kind of like. He's living off by himself with his, you know, just him and his wife, and they get, you know, involved with some bad guys, and it's, they do terrible things to him, and he has to avenge, and he does goes super fueled Nick Cage and avenges with a chainsaw and crazy faces and screaming and <laughs> psychedelic animation and all kinds of things that I usually, I just don't get into the in, into like. Where you're in a dreamlike state in a movie, I don't eat that up very much. I had
2: somebody recommend that. Oh, you've got to see this! And the more he talked about it, the less, you know, the more I knew it wasn't for me. So, did he
1: get mauled by a bear to get there?
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah, it wasn't for me. Then we had Cargo. Cargo. I just watched this the other night. As you said, you'd say, where do you get cargo? That
2: in is number 13. That is <laughs> one of my
0: very good. Okay, well, this is a zombie movie. Mm-hmm. And like I said, there's still, we've seen so many zombie movies. And it just felt like another one to me. But I'd really like to hear your <laughs> opinion on uh, it because you I, liked it more than I me. I
2: think I've said the same thing about like Train to Busan, these other ones. My, my threshold, my expectation for a zombie movie literally all i want is something i hadn't seen before and within the first 20 minutes there were two or three things happened i was like oh wow that's an interesting idea i've never seen them do that before and there were a couple of just world building type things that i thought were interesting and then the more it went on this is martin freeman and it's an australian movie so it's just him in the outback and it's it's very sparse if you're into like zombie kills and splatter this is not that kind of movie this is more you know, using zombies as a metaphor type thing that everyone hates about The Walking Dead. <laughs> so I, I was just really into it. I thought, you know, about family and what you'll do to survive and who can you trust and society and all this stuff. And plus, it had uh, the actor David Gilpalil, who is the Aboriginal guy who was in Crocodile Dundee.
3: Oh, wow. Uh, yeah.
2: You know, any movie set in Australia, Rabbit Proof Fence walk about if 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 you need an aborigine actor this is your guy and i was so happy that he's still getting
3: work, mm-hmm. So
0: it wasn't bad it, it again it had there were little clever things in it like mm-hmm. oh so many things like that i think of what it would look like in a comic book you know just like and that final scene you know how that ends is really interesting and i didn't dislike it it's just i like a lot of things better than that after Train to Busan, I'm just like, my bar for zombie movies is really high. <laughs> These are two very different zombies. Right. Oh, on, the, definitely, on the piece. And yes. the, yeah. Martin Freeman was good.
2: He, he was an excellent leading yeah. man.
0: Then I saw this. I think we're at 73 in the countdown here. Uh, Don't worry, he won't get far on foot. It's a Gus Van Sant movie. Um, it's a true story about John Callahan. Um, he's a cartoonist. Had you ever heard of him?
2: i've heard this movie but i can't remember the
0: walking phoenix played him he was in an accident he was kind of like a drunk alcoholic um uh druggie i think too but he just like ended up getting himself in an accident and ended up in a wheelchair for the rest of his life and just how he dealt with it he started drawing cartoons and became really big and i had never seen anything about him before but it had uh Jonah Hill and it kind of had an interesting performance. And I had Jack Black, Rooney Mara. It wasn't bad. And I like almost anything Joaquin Phoenix does. Um, so we're at the. It was all right. I'm in the all right. <laughs> you know, um, well,
2: then I'll burn through the rest of my yes. Meg Okay, do your so these are the ones you hadn't seen. Coming into today, I was at 34. And my OCD nature is like, I got to round it up to 35. Watched the shortest movie in my queue on Netflix, which was the Hurricane Heist. Literally one of the worst movies I've ever
0: seen. <laughs> is this is the one I heard at like there's skulls in the sky or something. Yeah,
2: it's a kid when they're when they're kids. There's a hurricane. I think it's Hurricane Andrew in 1990s, and their father's killed by a hurricane. And like they see, you know, they're pinned down in this farmhouse, and the the, the, the clouds are rolling in, and he sees a skull in the clouds. So then when they grow up, the guy becomes a, a meteorologist, and like he's out there in a storm chasing kind of thing, and someone literally says to him, wow, I've never met anyone who was so fascinated by the thing that scares him the most. Like, what are you <laughs> talking about? <laughs> so it was dialogue like that. It was just so explicitly, everything was said out loud, but then the last 10 minutes, there's a semi-truck car chase through the eye of a hurricane that was awesome. Right. <laughs> So if you literally just want to watch the last 10 minutes on Netflix, that's the best part. Uh. They kind of bump over this ramp, and the guy goes flying into the car, and they get sucked out the window. Like It, it was thrilling. It looked like they were on... you know It didn't look like green screen, so huh. yeah. Terrible movie. Great last 10 minutes. <laughs> All right. 34 was Primal Rage. It's a Bigfoot movie. I'm going to watch it. This one, he, it, uh, it was more like the Native American Bigfoot mythology and the Oma. So the Bigfoot was using a bone arrow and a tomahawk. <laughs> And he was wearing, like, tree bark armor. Oh, yeah. Oh. So, I- I'm going to watch that movie. <laughs> we know. I'm going to rank it low, but I'm going to watch that movie. Uh, 33, said so it was Extinction. I think Cliff and I watched when yep. it came out. This is the Michael Pena, Lizzie Kaplan, people we really like. This was the, the the alien invasion movie with a little bit of a twist.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I liked it. Um, I-, I don't watch that many sci-fi movies, I feel like, anymore. So... It was kind of a big deal for me to take the time to sit down and actually watch a sci-fi movie. <laughs> but it had a nice little twist in it. I mean, that I really didn't see coming. And it felt like it was leading to more, but I don't know yeah, that there was enough. I don't think we're going to get more though. But, yeah. but Michael Pe- Peña was good in it. He yeah. wasn't um, he didn't play that typical role he usually does in in comedies like, you know, Ant-Man and the Wasp. So, but I thought I thought he was pretty good at it yeah I remember
0: here remember you guys both saying it was worth watching and I yeah. didn't watch <laughs>
1: <laughs> but
2: with time as time has gone on I don't remember it very well so right it obviously must not have stood up uh, 32 another Netflix movie The Christmas Chronicles yep Love Kurt Russell, love Santa Claus, but here in January, the, the Christmas magic has worn <laughs> I off. Intended,
0: yeah, I intended to watch that on Christmas break, and then once it was the day after Christmas, yeah, I couldn't yeah. make myself we're, do
2: it. After Christmas, we're in the meh category. Uh, 30, no, it,
0: it was fine,
1: though. Yeah.
0: Just watch it
2: before Christmas. I, with your family, yeah, as a kid's movie. Absolutely. Right. Well worth... Anticipating
0: well, Christmas. Yes. That's when you watch it.
2: Well, at, well worth adding into your Christmas rotation oh, of okay. movies that you watch. Cool. Uh, 31 was for Paradox. 30, Tremors 6, A Cold Day in Hell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tremors is a lot like the Star Trek franchise. The sequels, the even-numbered ones are good. <laughs> so 6 was much better than 5, oh, yeah. even though it still had Jamie Kennedy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 28 was the movie Cam. I just watched this week. I googled like best 2018 movies on Netflix, and that was uh, pretty high on the list. It's a Cam girl, and I believe the person who wrote it or produced it had done that herself. So it felt very authentic the kind of things you know, how you log in, how you interact with fans, the kind of things you you know. It, it seemed it didn't seem like Riverdale and you know chick camming <laughs> thing like that. It's yeah. it seemed like it wasn't glamorous, we'll say. Right, yeah. So, yeah, she's she's rising up the ranks of these cam girls. Tries to log in one day and her password doesn't work and there's someone on there live being her. Huh. So she, she you know, someone has stolen her identity. So there's a lot of interesting things about, you know, like what we're dealing with today of privacy on the internet. You know, uh, uh, you know what you present, you know, are you presenting your true self and online versus, you know, public versus private life. So interesting things. The payoff, there's there is no real payoff. So <laughs> not a terrible movie, and a lot like the the anime I listed on our top. 10 animated films, Perfect Blue. Oh, yeah. That yeah had that I same sort of thing that. of like a star being you know, losing her track of reality. Uh, 27 was Den of Thieves. This was the Gerard Butler movie. Oh, I forgot to mention about Hurricane Heist. They were breaking into the the the, uh, the, 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 the place where they keep all the money. The bank? It's <laughs> but it's like, not a bank, but like a, na- a federal the reserve. The Federal Reserve. Because... They were gonna shred all this money, you know. They shred old money, and right. they were gonna steal it before they could shred it and get away in a hurricane. Oh yeah, yeah. Den get of thieves get away. They use the hurricane as cover. That's kind of <laughs> interesting. Come on, that's clever. Den of thieves is about people who don't have a hurricane. Quick, quit to the getaway hurricane. <laughs> yeah. When do you make that? It plan? was not. It was last on my lips for a reason. <laughs> Den of Thieves is about people who don't wait for a hurricane. It's also about a Federal Reserve who shred money and they're gonna go in and steal it.
1: Ah, so it was better minus hurricane.
2: Right. So yeah. the government won't even know it's missing. They'll think it's shredded and they can get away with all these millions of dollars. It had Gerard Butler, O'Shea Jackson Jr., who is Ice Cube's kid, mm-hmm, who yep. was in Straight out of Compton. Straight out of Compton it was very good. It has fifty 50 cent was in it. <laughs> I like those kind of movies that are like, you know, the cameras will be down for 2 minutes. You got to go to this hallway and do, like I like those kind of mm-hmm. timed movies and I had a, it was like 10 minutes of that and 2 hours of masculine I'm a I'm a cop on the edge kind of nonsense. <laughs> so oh, not the we worst. We've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'll move up a little bit. 24 Legacy of a White-tailed Deer Hunter. This was the Danny McBride and his uh, the, the director he got to start with Jody yep. Hill. These were. Did you see this one? Click. Yeah, I watched yeah. it. This was. He, he's a. He, he makes videos about white-tailed deer hunting. Josh Brolin
1: plays the the hunter. You know, we've all seen. You, I'm sure on a early Sunday morning on your local television yeah, after station. Saturday Night Live. on, w, on yeah.
2: WTAP, you can see Buck
1: McNeely. Outdoor <laughs>
2: Life. It's, right. It looked exactly like yeah. that show. Yeah, yeah
1: it did and you know i i I, like i said that's not my thing so i i watched it thinking it was going to be a little bit more comedic a little bit more spoofy Mm -hmm. than i mean it was but it was a little too (sighs) on the nose there a bit from what i expected
2: that it was in it's just
1: in the bottom of my good enough category
2: I liked because he's he's taking his son, his yes. son who just wants to be on a cell phone and texting his girlfriend, right. has no desire, but he's trying to manufacture this love yes. of hunting and a moment between father and son. And I thought that was an interesting way to do it. How they have to manufacture, you know, the hunting footage. Oh, If you get me from this angle, it'll right. look like this. So it's a it was an interesting take of like his the way he perceives. That this has to be. We have to build the emotional climax. You know, yeah. He, he, while he's trying to bond with his son, so it had good moments like that, but. Okay, so those are all the ones Seth had not seen. At that level. Filling out the bottom of my list. So, okay. back to Got the you. main Back to the cannon. list.
0: We're around 72, I think. I watched um movie Juliet Naked, which is based on a Nick Hornsby book, which I like his books. He did, like, High Fidelity and Long Way Down, and they have made most of his books into movies. Anyways, uh, English writer. Um... This one had uh, Rose Byrne, Ethan Hawke, and Chris O'Dowd. Chris O'Dowd's like an obsessive fan of Tucker Crow, played by Ethan Hawke. From and it's supposed to be like twenty years ago he was this big deal, and then he kind of disappeared off the face of the earth. And so he's run a fan club about him all this time. And Rose Byrne's sick of hearing about the guy, but through chance she becomes. You know in touch with that tucker crow and falls in love with him which is this guy's probably worst nightmare or dream come true i'm not sure but it was it was cute it was cute about it then i watched a movie called skate kitchen which was about a group of girls that skateboard basically uh you know used to skateboard back in the day so i was like hmm what's this and it was it's on hulu right now but it, it's a basically a girl that um just kind of all of there's there's a few skateboard movies on the list this year It was kind of our john denver <laughs> thing like <look> last year <laughs> but they uh it usually comes back to um people being an outsider and kind of finding something to obsess about and learn and just kill time with when their home life isn't that great. And this was a, kind of a group of girls dealing with that. It was fine. It wasn't bad. Last week, I went to see Bumblebee. And I had... <laughs> We had an issue. It was terrible. I saw it, went to the theater in Parkersburg to see it, and it looked terrible, and I walked out. So, Bumblebee is not on my list. The movie, I'm not judging the movie. I'm judging the theater in Parkersburg it was awful. Um, so, I didn't see that, but I went to Marietta and watched. I should have watched Bumblebee. <laughs> but instead, I watched The Mule with Clint Eastwood.
1: They rolled him on out for another one, huh?
0: This was the first time I was actually scared for his life. Like, oh. when that movie started, I was like... He was noticeably old and mm. frail acting. It changed a little as the movie went on. Like, I it may have just been that day of filming how bad he looked. But it's about a... I don't know if he knows what's, what it's about. <laughs> but it's not, it's not what Clint Eastwood thought he was making, I think. It, he thinks it's about him being a great driver. And so he gets to be a drug mule because he never gets pulled over. He's a great driver. Okay. And I don't know if he really knows what he was making or what, whoever wrote the movie, what they were trying to get across that he's a white guy and that's why he's not going to pull over. But anyway, I I mean, I don't think he's an idiot, and he probably really did know what it was about, but it wasn't the message that came across. And and really, his character was trying to deal with the fact that he had, uh, due to the job he had his whole life, he had kind of avoided his family and not spent the amount of time and resources on them that he should have, and he's realizing that late in life, and he kind of discovers that you can't buy time back and i think he missed the part where how privileged he was his whole life and all the time he was allowed um that message yeah. was not lost on me i don't think he meant it <laughs> but, yeah,
2: i don't see clint Eastwood as, as worrying about exploring his privilege
0: <laughs> yeah so it was a mixed message and really cheese ball at the end and not a
2: single mule in the whole movie <laughs> no mules come on
0: yeah it was a, it was an excuse for him to dance with beautiful women as he's part of a drug thing and I don't know it wasn't good but it was pretty compared to Parkersburg's theater anything looked good that night.
2: Now if Clint Eastwood drove a car that could transform into a
0: robot mm. <laughs> true. then we'd have some I'd add a movie um, at number 69 I believe we're at Oceans eight. This was uh, the lady version. It was the lady version. Um, Gary Ross directed. Steven Soderbergh produced. Um, this was with all the girls: Sandra Bullock, Kate Blanchett, Anne Hathaway, Mindy Kaling, Sarah Paulson, Aquafina, Rihanna, Helena Bonham Carter. There's eight, right?
2: <laughs> the math checks
1: out. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. It was pretty good. I thought it was played out a little bit. I I expected
0: fun. it to be better. Than Is that it number sixty nine club? <laughs> it was right. I agree. Yeah. I well, wanted you, it to be better. I have, actually put it off for a few months because I did too. It it kind of got reviews that it wasn't as great as we were hoping.
2: Are either of you fans of the original Ocean? Yeah, yes. or yeah. I, well, yeah. yeah. I like the the remake. Wow, well, the, yeah. the original remakes. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. I like first one. So you're just misogynistic. Cool. Okay. <laughs>
0: Obviously, it just wasn't as well made. Basically, I did like some of the. I mean, I like Sandra Bullock, Kate Blanchett. I like all those girls. They all then they did mm-hmm. a good job. Yeah, just, they were.
1: It was the script.
0: It was yeah. It just wasn't. It didn't have any bite to it. Right. It was just exactly what you think it's going it to be. It
2: wasn't your male gaze. Okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: It just didn't. It was didn't have anything clever to it really. Okay. Then sixty-eight Chappaquiddick. That was that uh, untold true story. Ted Kennedy's life and po- political career getting derailed there, the car accident where a girl got killed. Mm-hmm.
2: Was anybody in that?
0: Uh, yes. Jason Clark, Kate Mara, Ed Helms, Bruce Dern.
2: Yeah.
0: So it was better than I was expecting. I had kind of avoided watching it at all, and then when I did watch it, I kind of enjoyed it. I Number 68 level enjoyed it. <laughs>
2: So the thumb is turning into the upwards direction. We're into the mm, let me check worth-watching. The here. Yes. We're into the worth-watching Yes,
0: yes we are definitely in the worth-watching. Okay, good. So that's that's pretty good. And so we're in six so, so most of the movies I saw, I'm definitely happy I saw. So yes, you are right. We're getting in the positive section here. This is the line. <laughs> Between The Mule and Ocean's 8. <laughs> that's the line, everybody. Ah... Uh, just watched this the other day The Old Man and the Gun This is David Lowry Who did a ghost story Last year uh, Robert Which Redford was
2: way high up on your list Yeah, it
0: was number three last year uh, This is uh, Got Robert Redford And he's a bank robber It's a true story uh, It's got him, Casey Affleck, Sissy Spacek Danny Glover, Tom Waits Um about Forrest Tucker who escaped from prisons and things all his life and did a lot of bank robberies and was just known as being everybody that came in contact with him always oh he's really friendly when he's robbing us and it was just made for Robert Redford to do he just got, you know the big smile and he it felt like this is his um this is it movie you know I, it was very uh, echoing of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. He even rides a horse at one point in it, and you know it. It was it was a nice, pleasant movie, uh, and there's the relationship he had facing off against Casey Affleck, you know, as the investigator and things. It was it was enjoyable. Uh, Lean on Pete. There's a hor- bunch of horse movies this year. <laughs> but, uh, so. About Charlie, kind of a poor kid living with a single father and starts taking care of an aging racehorse called Lean on Pete who is owned by uh, Steve Buscemi's character and he just starts traveling with him. He's racing the horse in races. It's all, you know, it's all you know, they're poor people you know, and I don't think, no, that the guy, I don't think he ever rides the horse. He just takes care of the horse the whole movie which was interesting <laughs> you know it's just he's relating to the horse it was enjoyable but not the best horse movie this year <laughs> um
2: so stay tuned horse fans yes more that's good right. there is the a gun.
0: better horse movie this year then we had nick offerman in a movie called hearts beat loud which was uh did you guys watch sing street or do you know what Sing Street mm-hmm. is? Or Once? Or Begin Again? Or all these movies that are the same uh, musical movies. But this was about a man and his daughter, and he's got a record store, and they start, you know, they kind of made music together, and she's getting ready to go off college, and so it's a very feel-good movie of Nick Offerman making music with his daughter and getting it onto Spotify, and people start listening to it, and just. It's just a good, feel-good father-daughter movie. Enjoyed it. Ah, uh, let's see. Support the girls. This had Regina Hall in it. It's kind of what's well, about um, a sports bar, a bunch of girls working in a crappy Buffalo Wild Wings type place, you know, or. Uh, what was that movie, Coyote Ugly? They used to have where they get up on the bar and stuff and get ogled and things. And it was kind of them dealing with all the problems in their life. It was not that it, it wasn't a sexy movie by any stretch. It was all about the struggles they were dealing with and the misogyny and all that. And it was it was pretty good. And there's a couple really good scenes of them just venting frustrations that they have. Um, I liked it. Uh, let's see, Borg versus McEnroe. Shia Uh He's playing John McEnroe, and I don't know how to say the guy's name, and I'm not going to try. I played Jean Borg. Harold Pirenboom.
3: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: uh Stellan Skarsgård was in it also, um, but it's about you know the rivalry between. Borg and McEnroe and their legendary duel in the oh. 1980 Wimbledon tournament.
2: I can't wait for the biopic Perlmutter v. Pierenberg. Ooh.
0: <laughs> That's right. That's pretty good. Ah, uh, I'm curious where you had this. You maybe maybe didn't even see this. Did you see Ready Player One? Yes. Okay. This is where it's at on my. Uh, it's right up next on my list, 22. Yep. This was. Let's see what number this was. Six and nine. 60, So, Steven Spielberg adapting the sixty-two for me. Okay,
2: adapting the book, Ernest Cline. Mm -hmm. I read the book, thought it was fine. Watched the movie, thought it was fine. Didn't have. I I can see where you could love it. I can see where you could hate it. I was in the middle. I thought it was pretty well done, but it just didn't quite click in all the ways I wanted it to. Had some wonderful scenes.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, it was. There was moments I liked. But there was too much of that. Just the CGI, I thought, was pretty crappy, a lot of it. I didn't like the way a lot of the characters looked, and I think it was a big missed chance.
2: And traded a lot of the puzzle-solving and questing and figuring things out from the book into just action, action, action for the yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. And you that, lose that's a little bit.
0: And needs brought up. I The part I enjoyed in the book was so much of the D&D stuff and going through the, you know, doing modules from D&D and all that and figuring out the puzzles and, you know, by using what they knew about pop culture and things. And they just left so much of that out of the movie that it ruined it for me.
1: I watched about 10 minutes and turned it off.
0: <laughs> yeah. You were never really here. With Joaquin Phoenix is next on my list. I, I thought you were gonna watch that.
2: I ran out of free Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of yeah. the reasons I got thirty five done. I had the DVD Netflix subscription, and it was I didn't get through my queue by the time that was over.
0: He's like a traumatized veteran who hunts down missing girls for a living. He is. It's ultra violent, but not. He's like very violent in how he goes about trying to retrieve them but you don't really see the violence it's like it leaves it doesn't fulfill you that way it's trying to not specifically not let you see that Hmm. but you see all the aftermath and the before and things and it's it's good
2: it's not glorifying right
0: yeah it's good and he gives a good performance um i just liked things better um next one sorry to bother you
2: Ooh. That was much higher on my
0: list. Yeah, yeah. There's a movie I like like this, but I liked it better, higher. That on was my number list.
2: nine on my list. Nine.
0: That's good. I saw uh, it this time. It's summer. under the very good on my list. Oh well, <laughs> saw, well, be <laughs> interested <laughs> to hear what all you thought about it. I liked to, I liked it for the most part, but it got a bit ridiculous for me.
2: I, I when it got ridiculous is where I really liked it. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm watching the beginning, and I'm like, okay, I can get into this world there. They're, they're preaching to, you know, they're, they're saying some things. And then it takes a turn and becomes over the top. And I could see where it could absolutely lose the audience there. But yeah. that's where I hooked into it. Like, oh, it's really saying something. Yeah, they
0: definitely weren't hors- horsing around with this movie. <laughs> Zing. Zing. <laughs> it was good. Good performances. You know, I mean, it was, there's nothing I can say bad about it, except I felt, like Boots Riley was trying to stuff everything into one movie.
2: But this is Lakeith Stanfield from, we, we were introduced to him in Atlanta. He was in uh, Get Out, and you know, this is his first starring role.
0: Yeah, he plays Cassius Green, a black telemarketer who discovers his magical key to professional success is to use a white voice. Well, as a telemarketer and he becomes the greatest telemarketer <laughs> and it's very surreal yeah it's
2: ridiculous that you know oh a telemarketer can raise the ranks and like own is a it Pat voice yeah. Uh, yeah david cross is the one and
0: yeah yeah what well, uh or, Dan- or the opposite maybe yeah one of i don't them remember one of them is david cross one yeah of one Pan is other. danny glover or- yeah it, anyway.
3: has, it has
2: a lot to say about race and 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 you know Corporate culture and the haves and the have-nots, and it—I'm definitely going to want to watch it a few more times and soak in Mm. what it was trying to. Oh, there's a lot there.
0: Tessa Thompson was great in Mm. it.
2: Although uh, I said when he, when he, when he pulls up in the gas station, he goes, "Give me thirty on two and puts down a quarter and a nickel. I was like, "Oh, this movie's got me."
3: (laughs) 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 This movie knows knows me.
2: Speaking my language. (laughs)
0: All right, I saw a movie called I think this is number fifty nine, Unlovable, with Charlene de Guzman. She's big on Twitter. She's a comedian and um, had John Hawks in it. Melissa Melissa Leo. Um, she in real life also she I think she believes she wrote this based on her own life as a sex addicted woman who just felt like the only way to go through life was to just throw herself at guys. And that was how she communicated. She was oversexed as a child. Her father had, you know, just centerfolds everywhere and things. And she thought that that's how you communicate with men. And she has to learn to have a different kind of relationship and be friends. Uh, older guy, John Hawks, and they kind of form a little band and just kind of get to be friends without that. and. It was pretty, you know, it was kind of nice and touching, and I enjoyed it. Um, this probably could have been higher on my list, but this is where it's at here. So, um, it's called Private Life. It's on Netflix. It's Paul Giamatti, Catherine Hahn. Um, it's about a couple that's been having to deal with infertility and... What they're having to go through as they, you know, win their marriage and trying to have a child, they're getting older, you know, they're in their 40s or, or you know, and they're just, it, it really touches on something that isn't talked about a lot. People don't actually talk about infertility. You know, you know everybody's always talking about having a baby and da, 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 or things like that. But you don't, people don't say, oh, we're trying, we're trying, we're trying, we're struggling with this all the time. And... You know, it makes you conscious of that—that that people might be going through that and you don't know. So maybe don't always ask them, "Hey, when are you guys gonna have a baby?" And it's it's really good. And they, you know, it's a movie I would recommend. And like I said, it probably should have been higher on my list. Uh movie called Beautiful Boy with Timish Timothy Chalamet and Steve Carell, where it's a true story based on a couple of books by this. The father wrote a book. Um, David Chef and the son wrote a book. Also Nick Chef um, and these, you know, Steve Carell plays the dad. They, you know, it's just a kid who's addicted to meth and all kinds of drugs and just struggling, struggling. And uh, Steve Carell's kind of he's a very tuned in father. Wants to do anything, will do anything for his son, but also kind of doesn't help things sometimes kind of does the what you shouldn't do enabling them sometimes and just the struggles that they've had. It's our true story. They both gave good performances and it was, it was sad, but it was pretty good. Um, let's see what number this is. This is kind of momentous here.
1: At 56 Aquaman.
3: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Really? <laughs>
1: like we haven't talked about aquaman well, let's <laughs> talk about it <laughs> briefly
2: my number 17 in the good enough
0: yeah, it's uh, in good enough it's yeah, in good enough territory
2: uh, i really enjoyed
0: <laughs> aquaman
2: we know you did Cliff. <laughs> and we're sorry we're sorry that it we're was, gonna criticize it
1: it wasn't overly serious it wasn't true laughable and it reminded me that a lot of the underwater scenes reminded me of Tron. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's all you need. Yeah,
2: if the poster just said underwater Tron.
1: Yeah, that would have been it. awesome. No, I, I I just thought it was a fun movie. It, I, they brought a lot of stuff in from the Jeff Johns, uh, New Fifty Two comic, which I had read, and uh, really I I read a lot of that. Really enjoyed it for a long time. And so, I was happy to see that stuff brought in. It had some classic Aquaman stuff in there. Because um, I... Jason Momoa in the Justice League movie was whatever. Not my favorite version of Aquaman. And- but, I have to say, I probably wouldn't
0: have hated him as much in that movie if I had seen this first. yeah. Yeah, they, did, they didn't do yeah. anything in the right order.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: totally backwards. Well,
2: I saw this movie before either of you guys, mm-hmm. and you uh, didn't warn me <laughs> after I well after I finished, I sent a text to you guys and I said, yeah, true. I yeah. said, "This is the DCest DC movie they've had yet," <laughs> and I said, "Cliff, that's a recommendation." Seth, yeah. that's a warning.
3: <laughs> yeah,
2: and that's exactly what it was because, as it's playing out, I'm like, "Cliff's gonna love this." Yeah. And I'm, and, it, and I'm like Seth's gonna hate this <laughs>
0: yeah I didn't hate it I again, it's in the pretty good section. I had a I loved the first fight with Nicole Kidman in the house mm-hmm. was great the yeah. whole one shot whatever you know but it was that was great. that was like this uh, I'm enjoying this and then whatever it was the rest of the
2: movie Well that my criticism calling it d c e is the same exact problem Green Lantern had where it started out and said, millennia ago, the Guardians did this, and there were many of these. Aquaman tried the same thing. They tried to put so much history, the seven lost tribes of Atlantis. Yeah. We throw in these other versions. There's mermaids, there's the trench monsters. Oh, we got you got a villain? Well, how about two villains? Here's their both their origins. Here's Aquaman's origin. Here's his mom and dad. Like, if you're an Aquaman fan, that is gold from beginning it, to end. Right, it really was, because as... <laughs> But if you're just trying to get figure this out movie who this guy is, you're like, what?
1: I just want to see Jason Momoa shirtless. What's happening?" There's yeah. a lot being thrown in my direction. As I'm watching it, and I'm uh, and I'm that guy, I'm going, "Oh my god!" I'm like, "There's the trench. There's, you know, there's that tribe, and it's all coming." I'm remembering there's sure. Andrews. Yeah, <laughs> I'm remembering this stuff, and and that's what I liked about it. Now, I will say, I took the whole family, and we went. Um, Russ, that's been on our show before. Um, he, him, and his wife went, and their daughter went, and coming out of it, we all really enjoyed it and had a, you know, really nice time going as an event to go see it together. So, but I'm sorry when he comes out of that waterfall and he's dressed in the classic Aquaman garb with the trident. I was like,
0: maybe if I hadn't already seen that, if they hadn't already it was given that away, great. There were they had its moments. He dives underwater and you know, they've got the lights and stuff, the mm-hmm. torches and things. They were that was good. I. There was some ridiculous <laughs> That that manta stuff like here, in the middle of this mission, I need to give you this knife. <laughs> right now, in the middle of this mission. Have I ever which told like, you your family that, that been- guy's gonna die right now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we could going about Aquaman another time otherwise this will be the longest
2: yeah, podcast I lives. liked it I said just I can't rank it higher than any of that. well there's a couple comics Yeah the, my
0: favorite part of this is that for the rest of this podcast I you have to know that everything else is better than Aquaman <laughs> <laughs> At least to me I'm just kidding It was I did enjoy Aquaman enough so yeah you weren't wrong it was an enjoyable movie
1: DC has definitely started to turn the corner with Wonder Woman, Aquaman, I think Shazam's going to be in that same. Yeah,
2: they're heading the right direction yeah. for sure.
0: Okay, my next one Netflix movie. I don't even know if it's on there anymore. I watched it probably close to a year ago, and I remember Nick and I really liking it as much as you can. A weird This is such a Michael would recommend Netflix movie. It's called Radius, and a guy wakes up from a car crash with no memory of who he is. Starts to make his way into town, but only finds dead bodies, and like everyone's dead that he finds for a while. And then a secret is revealed. And I don't want to spoil anything for that's it. it's
2: a lot like that Twilight Zone episode where he's the same, but everything else is different. <laughs>
1: yeah. And that's better than Aquaman. Yes, this is better than Aquaman.
3: <laughs> I'll say that about every entry. Come on.
1: Every entry from here to the yeah. end. Yeah, this has like two
0: twists in it that are great, and it's totally ridiculous, but I really enjoyed it. Nick and I really like that one. It definitely better not go in. Okay, so... Then we had The Night Comes for Us, which is... has, like, a bunch of people from The Raid and The Raid 2. That
2: was right up next on my list. You saw two, it.
0: At 21. You saw it. Okay. saw it this week. Julia Stell was Hammer Girl in The Raid 2. Does one of the best moments. If I made a list of movie moments, it'd be a top ten movie moment for me uh, from Raid 2. <laughs> Hammer Girl. <laughs> grabbing her hammers off the bar like a purse as her boyfriend drags her out of the bar Um, but she's amazing in this all the fighting is amazing and great but it doesn't I didn't connect with the story at all it was nothing about the story interested me like the raid I really was invested in Rama and the other guy Jocker I think is his name but they it was a simpler story I was just like into it but this just i didn't care. It was super gory and the fighting was awesome and I I like that but it just again, I just didn't connect with it but I, I, you got to give props. These guys are super talented.
2: Yeah, you brought it up on the podcast when it first dropped and I remember you saying it was super violent and I don't think you sold that enough because <laughs> this might be the most violent movie I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, I agree. With that. And I don't I don't flinch from violence. It cut people's head off, impale zombie guts, whatever. Nothing makes me queasy. But there were like five things in this movie, of just oh I gotta get stabbed. Uh, let's just pull the knife a little further up his chest. It's like yeah. what are you doing? And the, yeah. the he's they're in a it was a butcher shop or something, yeah. and the guy's using a circular saw, and he's protecting himself with a bone, <laughs> holding up in front of his face against the circular saw. And when the saw finally cuts through, he stabs him in the face with the shard of the bone. <laughs> it's like I know what I'm
0: in for. Oh yeah. <laughs>
2: But yeah, the martial arts was uh, amazing. Just over, over, over the moon on that stuff.
0: Better not. Arizona. I caught last week um, was Danny McBride is. (laughs) This is supposed to be in like the housing crisis in 2009, where people bought a bunch of homes and then couldn't get rid of them. This is in Arizona and. uh, What's her name? Rosemary DeWitt plays a um, realtor, single mother. And basically, Danny McBride is a disgruntled buyer. He comes in and talks to Seth Green. No, not Seth Green. Sorry. Seth Rogen is in it. And um, anyway, Danny McBride basically goes on a murder spree. (laughs) He's so disgruntled. And it's funny and violent and you know it's just this woman trying to escape Danny McBride's path and it was very amusing and it's still not my top 50 so don't get too excited <laughs> then i had the kindergarten teacher where was that on your that
2: list that was the top of good enough right <laughs> almost very good
0: yeah why don't you tell us about that?
2: Number sixteen on my list. This is Maggie Gyllenhaal, Gail Garcia-Bernal. Uh, she's there's a she's a kindergarten teacher, and there's a gifted kid in her class, and she doesn't think the parents are doing enough, the school's doing enough, society's doing enough. So she wants to encourage this kid's gift, and just takes it a few steps too far. And I, I she's wonderful in anything you see her in. So I was on board from there. But yeah, I just I thought it was a nice small little movie, just an intimate. It wasn't too over the top. It wasn't too, you know, things didn't go too crazy, but yeah.
0: Yeah, it it was, it wasn't what I was expecting. So when it took that turn, I was like, wow, I can't believe they're doing this. And I, I definitely did enjoy it. And yeah, you're right. She's always good. Uh, I think my number 51 is I Feel Pretty with um, Amy Schumer. Where it's like a shallow house scenario. She bumps her head or something and suddenly thinks she's pretty. Oh my gosh, guess what? Amy Schumer. Someone as disgustingly (laughs) ugly as Amy Schumer can be attractive. What sci-fi movie is this? (laughs) Yeah, it's that whole thing. You're like, as if she's this ugly woman, you know. But... She just is. Just, well, I
2: assumed it was more of like her self confidence. That's her, what it is. Yeah, she, it's not. But she also thinks she them.
0: just thinks she, you know, she has all this confidence that she never had before, and and it's the hilarity that ensues from that. And it was it was good. It was a it was a fun movie, I guess. So, and you know, because she has all this confidence, she's able to have a relationship and things, and it's just, all the comedy rides on the fact that. She shouldn't be
3: as confident as she is,
0: <laughs> and she's a funny lady, so it was good. Uh, you find, you know, she finds out she has a lot of other, you know, she is really great at a lot of things in her life, and it isn't all based on her looks. Number fifty, I think, it's my it's my fiftieth best movie of the year. Cliff Solo: Colon a Star Wars story.
1: I just watched it again the other day. It's on Netflix now.
2: That was my nineteen, which to give you credit, Aquaman was above it. So <laughs> Oh wow uh.
1: I like I liked it a lot. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. I liked
2: Aquaman more.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I did not dislike solo. We talked about it a lot. Yeah. Just I, I just think it's unnecessary.
2: It's it's strange because I just rewatched Rogue One because they're taking that off Netflix. Right. So this week I re I would only seen it the one time in theater. Oh wow! So I'm like I was like I need to watch this movie and liked it a lot. Like I forgot how much I liked it.
1: Yeah, Rogue One is a movie. that I actually I will watch it like every couple weeks or so on Netflix. Like I'll just be going by. And not then anymore. I, I <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Whoa, that's way too much. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll just be searching for something, and I'm always like I I know I love this movie. It just
2: so it, kind of in retrospect, made me think,
1: oh, that Solo... Because I kind of, when I watched yeah. Solo, was like, as oh, Conic kind
2: of like Rogue One. Just one of the throwaways. But then I remembered Rogue One was really good. Oh, yeah. I was like, ew, Solo is not as good as I remember. So, yeah, it just... Solo... It, it
1: didn't rank. Yeah, we all know it was plagued from the beginning there's a with different, the there's a, The and... difference between those two movies, I don't mind them
0: filling in a spot with, like, Rogue One. But... Solo took it too far where they thought they had to fill in everything. Ev- they had explained explain everything that had ever happened in the Star Wars movies in this movie. And I just didn't like that at all.
1: What I like about that movie, everything I like about that movie is like Lando related. <laughs> I loved Donald Glover as Lando, as the young Lando. And that made the movie for me. I, it, His scenes alone will... Enabled me, enabled me to get through it in the future over and over and over again, because let's every, face it, I'm going to watch it. Yeah, yeah every couple weeks. If you're going to pay for that Disney subscription, you're <laughs> going right. to have to watch something worth
0: That's watching. That's right. All right, number forty nine. I have Leave No Trace. Did you end up watching that? You mm-hmm. It's the one with Ben Foster and Thomas and McKenzie. It's a father and daughter living in Forest Park in Portland, Oregon. Was there a Bigfoot involved? There was no Bigfoot. I didn't see it. (laughs) (laughs) But I, I believe he was like a, um, had been in military and he just was having trouble reconnecting with society. And, um, he lived, wanted to live off the grid with his daughter. And it was really interesting how they were doing it, how they were trying to avoid, um, people what they had to do to get the things they needed but eventually society just they just couldn't hide and how they dealt with you know becoming part of society it was sad it was
2: i think we're gonna get those kind of movies for a generation to come right because we've been at war for a long time and there's a lot of veterans stretching over a lot of years that are gonna you know their stories are going to be interesting as we, you know, the same we we've, we've gone back to Vietnam over and over again, we're going to see these kind of stories from the more modern warfare, I oh, think yeah. for years and years to come. You're
0: totally right. And this was, yeah. So this is one of them and it was well done. And Ben Foster's good. Another skateboard movie, mid nineties. This is that Jonah Hill directed one. You know, he grew up in that era. He would have been a skate punk kid in the nineties. He says, and, um, This was just, instead of the other, the Skate Kitchen movie was a group of girls, this was a group of boys, and they're, (sighs) I connected with it because I, you know, I skateboarded in the 80s like a lot of people, but I didn't, also didn't have this terrible home life where I only lived it, you know, so I understand this was about a group of kids who just had nothing but this, you know, this was all they had, and how close they become to that group and um there was some some good stuff in it but a lot of it was like very over dramatic um and i don't know i didn't there was like this hyper the point they're trying trying to make you know they call each other fags and all this stuff and you know that was the language last night that back then you can't really judge it on that but it was just like showing that we have to be so masculine. You can't show any feelings, or we, you know, we will call you out. And anyway, it was all right. Sounds like it. a razor commercial. Yeah, exactly. It was just like just sponsored by Gillette. <laughs> all right, guys, this is where I have the, the storm through the nation swept through a couple weeks ago, and everybody had to watch Bird Box. <laughs> Where'd you have this, Jordan? That was
2: 25, the last one in my good enough category.
0: (laughs) Okay, there's no reason to explain this movie because everyone has seen Bird Box. You know what it means to Bird Box? (laughs) 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 I don't know what to say. My criticism I did it was enjoyable when I watched it with my son and his girlfriend and you know I think I enjoyed it more because I was watching it with them and it was kind of fun and scary and they were enjoying it. But I don't like when writers write themselves into a problem and can't write themselves out of it. And when they when you create a situation where the only way to get through these rapids is somebody has to look. You better damn well say why somebody didn't have to look for you to make it. Mm-hmm. And they did not do that. And I was so mad. <laughs> I was just like... "What?" I was, when that happened, I was like, whatever. I quit.
2: <laughs> I, there was such a backlash against this movie. All the memes, all the jokes, whatever. But I I thought... I, I'm okay with a movie, not to spoil if you haven't seen it, but uh, it, it doesn't give you much of a reason. It doesn't give you an explanation. Yeah, And I can see people... Being against that, yeah. I don't care. I don't need a reason. What was it? A demon? Was it an alien? Was it a whatever? Like I'm okay not knowing. There's, I'm sure right, there's yeah, yeah are. Yeah, yeah. But I, the first half of the movie was tense and thrilling yeah. and exciting, and I was like, this is never going to pay off. <laughs> like, no. I knew watching it, it was like the ending of this will never live up. Once happening. John
1: Malkovich was done, <laughs> yeah, forget it.
2: But yeah, the cast was great,
1: and I would like. So I I'm know. like,
2: just that first hour was worth watching. I, yeah, I did I enjoy. Like, I don't fir- care if it
1: pays off or not. I was excited and interested for the. I enough wanted to of it. get to know Fish Fingers a little better. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't bad, and I, I mean, I think a lot of the hype it got, you know, was people just. Giving it attention and liked it, but whatever, (laughs) it was all right. Okay, then I I saw Red Sparrow. This was one from very early in the year. Wow,
2: this one got some bad reviews. Yeah, Yeah.
0: Jennifer Lawrence. It did get some bad reviews. I kind of liked it. It was a very...
2: How dare you think for yourself? I know
0: it was. She was like a ballerina that gets injured and has to find another. You know she can't support herself anymore. She was like this great ballerina and now she has to find some other use for her talents and she gets recruited into the spy game and it's got Joel Edgerton in it also. And it's, I just thought other than the sketchy Russian accents or whatever (laughs) throughout, it's a pretty serious spy movie. Like there's some really good moments in it and I liked it was kind of a slow burn. It was a little long, but in a good way. Like you really got, you know, I don't know. It may have just been the day I watched it or something. I was ready to sit there and get drawn into it, and it's really dark and violent, and I don't know. I, I like
2: a couple of people say it was basically the Black Widow movie we haven't gotten yet. I don't know about that. Okay, it was
0: way, it was way uh, more violent than what a Black Widow movie would be. Yeah, this was a lot darker than what I see that being. Well, I will tell those people. You tell them they're <laughs> wrong. <laughs> they're telling they're wrong. They're I got, wrong. I got some emails to write. They're definitely wrong. Um, okay. This was the surprise of the year, guys. Do you know what I'm talking about? This I is, think I do. This is the surprise of the year. This should have been last. I would never plan to
3: water I don't know what's happening. You're me
1: going
0: on this sure. should have been last I never planned on watching it I skipped it in the theater and then somewhere along the I was like I gotta see it I gotta see it so probably 40 spaces higher than where I expected it to be <laughs> definitely better than Aquaman <laughs> Venom
2: <laughs> it was number 26 on my list the top of the meh category <laughs> So just on that border of watchable but not great.
0: Tom Hardy, first off. You loved
2: this movie. I loved it. You were you were so excited to be watching. It could have been
0: higher on my list. I went through a journey watching this movie. (laughs) I should have kept like all the messages I was sending you guys. I was so mad fifteen minutes into the movie because like the first scene with Tom Hardy and Michelle Williams is so terrible. Like it was like the first run through of them. They just read the script. Let's say those lines, Ugh. and then and then I realized that was the beauty of it. <laughs> it was. It is definitely a so bad it's good movie. So weird. They really just leaned into the weird weirdness of it. And about halfway through. Once you really get Venom going and he's like giving him relationship advice. I was like, is Venom giving him relationship? This is not what I at all what I thought the movie was going to be. And I was totally in it when Tom already crawled into the lobster tank and it started going nuts and I don't know the whole I just I loved I loved the second half of the movie, so
2: there was a lot of fun stuff of him figuring out the symbiote and kind of walking down the street, talking to himself and figuring out what he could do. The motorcycle chase where he's using, you know, the tendrils to like take corners and stuff like it was really Rich is a
0: rip off of freaking incredible stuff, but very in, you know, <laughs> yeah.
2: inventive stunt work. So there was, you know, there was stuff, plenty of stuff I liked. I didn't lean into the craziness the same oh, way you did. So. I did,
0: man. I never would have guessed that I would like that, but <laughs> all I could think while I'd, when I finished it was, I wish I would have saw it in the theater because I, I mean like because I was mad that it got made so much money, It made like eighty million dollars the first weekend, and that's ridiculous. That that made me mad at the time. I was like, why? Why is this getting that oh, money? This... And other things are ignored, and this will only encourage more of this. And now I'm like,
2: great, <laughs> it's not going to get eighty million and eight dollars because I'm staying home. <laughs>
0: Anyway, it was stupid good. Speaking of stupid Cliff, good.
2: Cliff, well below Aquaman on my list. Yeah. So I'm with you there.
0: <laughs> okay, speaking of stupid good, I swore when I saw this preview I would not watch this movie either. Like, it, this... And and I'm just going to say this was the most misleading preview to me that I saw this past year for blockers with the rooster or whatever. It was supposed to be cock blockers yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, with John Cena, John Cena, Leslie Mann, Ike Barinholtz. Um,
2: Oh, I get it.
0: What? (laughs) Oh, you get it. The the blockers. Great. Uh. Teens out to have fun. Parents have stopped it there. You see in the previews, they're reading the text and finally figure out, Oh, they're going to try to have sex on prime night or whatever. But it was really about
1: like it had a sweetness to it at the end uh, it had a, a a coming you know a coming of age for the for the females
0: yeah which was good you always see the guys are going to go out and do something this was the daughters yeah and that is
2: the old-timey thinking of you know oh i'm gonna meet my daughter's date and yeah. pump a shotgun and tell them what to do you know that is such the antiquated thinking
0: yeah John Cena is whatever. I, I sometimes he's okay. Some and I didn't. He was fine in this. But Ike Barinholtz and Leslie Mann, yeah. are funny. They are just funny people.
1: Yeah, Leslie Mann was very good in
0: this. Just the way they delivered some of their lines, and really just the message of you raised your kids. You've done all you can do. Mm-hmm. At some point, you just got to trust that you did the right thing, that you taught them, and they're going to do what they're going to do. So. It was a really good message, yep. and I enjoyed
2: it. Actually, that reminds me. There was a scene in Den of Thieves* <laughs> where the boy comes to take the girl to, on a date, and Gerard Butler makes him come to the back room, where all his cop buddies are in like a gym, lifting weights and doing pull-ups and stuff with their shirts off. <laughs> so it's like fifteen guys with their shirts off, like being intimidating. I was like, oh. Boy.
0: <laughs> oh the next we have a uh, crazy rich As- Asians. John Chu a very was A culturally
2: important film this year. Oh, man. Definitely. Made a lot of headlines, a lot of clickable articles.
0: Yes. Had a... It's just a great vehicle to see all these Asian actors. We rarely get to see, you know, especially all together. And it kind of... It was just... I mean, it's based on a book, and it's about the these super rich Asians and... Uh, Bringing their maybe not so rich girlfriend over to have a wedding and whatever it was, you know, sweet in that regard. But it was just neat to see culture that we don't normally see and see the difference between Asian Americans and Asians that came from China or came, you know, came from Asia did, didn't actually grow up here. You know, there's a difference. And they they make that clear and explain everything. Um, it was just, it was good.
2: And again, like once a year, there's a movie that comes out. Like, movies with women and them make money. Movies with African Americans make
0: money. This yeah, oh is, my oh, gosh.
2: People want to see Asian people in movies. <laughs> Every year Hollywood has to learn. Oh, yeah. wow.
0: Yeah. Everybody wants to be seen in movies, not just the whites. <laughs> so, you know, again, this will have a... A big effect. It made a ton of money. Ah, I got. I just put these beside each other. Got a couple rich summer movies <laughs> that I watched this year. Friend of the podcast, Rich Summer from Mad Men. Uh, he was in a movie called A Crooked Somebody with Clifton Collins Jr. and he was playing a psychic who maybe wasn't so psychic, and it was. Pretty entertaining and then there was a movie called summer of 84 where there might be a serial killer living in your neighborhood and it was very 80s and all those movies about is the guy next door killing people or why are these kids missing and there was a lot of predictable things and then there was a lot as it got towards the end there was some really unpredictable things that saved it so Nick and I enjoyed both of those movies and then a better venom movie this year it's called Upgrade where a guy
3: you're thinking (laughs) of mediocracy, just like that Upgrade
0: (laughs) (laughs) Guy gets mugged and paralyzed and a billionaire inventor offers him a cure artificial intelligence implant that enhances his body and basically they tried to do this in Venom where Venom was controlling his body and making fight and this is so much more well done and upgrade. So the, I mean that's one of the scenes of the year is this fight this guy is in his kitchen against another guy and he's just it's it's amazing. You know, It's in the preview most of the scene but it was great. The whole movie wasn't great but for the most part it was interesting and kind of took it a little more seriously with the that whole idea.
2: It reminded me of the, or the trailers, at least. remind me of like that hardcore Henry from yeah. a year or two ago, which didn't do much for me. But so. this, yeah, but this. I, I kept seeing upgrade. You know, yeah. Testing well, so.
0: Yeah. Well, I got Tolly. Did you see Tolly? No, nope. well, I can't. I I remember all these movies. You say oh, I'm going to watch that. I
2: put them on my queue, oh, but okay. there's only so much month. <laughs>
1: This is the one with Charlize Theron. Plus he had to watch a hundred (laughs) essential movies (laughs) that none of them came out this year. (laughs) Yeah, That's
0: true. He did watch a bunch of other movies. She plays a mother of three, including a newborn and just she gets a nanny and, and uh, there's a twist to it. I don't want to spoil, but I want to say it's a good shines a light on mothers and how difficult It is. Like, there's only so much help fathers can and will give sometimes. And when you're breastfeeding and having to take care of kids who need their mother, she, you get. I'm surprised that more mothers don't end up in the hospital. Like, you're physically draining, not getting any sleep. And this nanny comes into her life and kind of helps her through this. And it's just a really neat movie with a. A twist that was kind of shocking and interesting, and very recommendable.
2: Again, pretty strange that this is a huge percentage of the populace are mothers, and how many movies like this do we get that you know speaks to their truth? Right. They're too busy
1: oh, to write those movies.
0: Man, <laughs> okay this this movie is way too high on my list. <laughs> <laughs> but I made a new friend when I watched it. I said <laughs> I almost got in a fight with a guy, and we watched Jurassic. <laughs> world fallen kingdom and did you guys either of you guys see this movie that. it was really pretty and it a lot of that that had a lot to do with how much I enjoyed it I remember
2: you saying you just kind of turned your brain off and yeah. just enjoyed it you,
0: that's exactly what happened if I had had it on there might have been a problem <laughs> but yeah I sat next to a guy and told him that we weren't in his living room and he needed to shut the hell up and he did and I would watch a movie with him again it was great it was a really <laughs> stupid movie, <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I'm not gonna say anything more about it. It's freaking Jurassic World. It wasn't that great, and I have it way too hot. <laughs> First Man, Damien Chazelle, oh. Ryan Gosling. This That's was the movie. Low. This was the movie I said would probably, of you know, our anticipated movies last year. This was what I thought might be my number one, and it's not. <laughs> but it's about Neil Armstrong. Legendary space mission Took him to the moon
2: Doesn't do any kind of tap dancing Or
0: musical <laughs> no dancing. numbers at yes, all there's no, It's not a Disney movie It's not all music um, It's uh Claire Foy Plays his wife Jason Clark's in it Kyle Chandler Corey Stoll I mean it's got a great cast It's got a great soundtrack It's really good It's And I would I think that I really think that when I watch it again someday, I'll enjoy it more because of expectations. You know, what you think you're going to get and what you get. It was just so freaking sad. It was the most somber movie I saw this year. So, so sad and somber. It's just like his Neil Armstrong's daughter died really young at this time, and it had a lot of him dealing with it, and I was wasn't expecting all the sadness. Oh my gosh. A lot of grieving going on in this movie, but I'm not knocking it. It was still a good movie. There was a lot of good movies. One above that, Incredibles Two. Cliff, tell us all that's great about Incredibles Two.
1: No, I thought it was a solid follow-up to, you know, 14 years later. We when we talked about it, um, I went opening night here in Marietta and took the family. And the biggest thing I remember happened before the movie ever started was just these droves of young 18, 19, you know, early 20-somethings coming in in huge groups. So excited to see the sequel to this movie that, you know, they grew up on. It came out when they were such little kids. And um, uh, for being, you know, 14 years later, I thought it picked up right where they left off. It wasn't as good as the first one. The first one was... Pretty groundbreaking but it had a lot of the story was fine it had a lot of um, little bits in it that you know kids immediately gravitated to Jack Jack and fighting the raccoon raccoon and and all that stuff um, but you know adding a new generation of heroes and yeah, I mean they were funny. I I thought it was good. It was I thought a, it was good. Pixar I, movie. I really
0: liked it. I don't think it stands up to the original, but I really enjoyed it. I love the stuff mm-hmm. with Elastigirl. Yeah. On the bike, that was that's one of the best scenes of the years. Her yeah. riding that
1: bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what it did is they put you know took mom and put her out on the hero job and and dad is left behind to uh, take care of the kids and.
0: Great, it was a great movie. Everything, everything from here on up, is re- really good stuff. I w- is very recommendable. You know, if you like, you know, there it's a lot of different movies. If you like the genre, you'll, you should like this movie. Um, and if there's is it is there any you feel like you need to bring up there that?
2: No, I'm pretty on par. We've gone through all my mehs and most of my good enough. <laughs> so right. we're, we're into the very good. strict.
3: <laughs>
0: system here people (laughs) hey if you're still listening god bless you we're doing this we we want to talk about it this whole podcast as far as i'm concerned is so i get to critically think about movies and talk about them with other people Mm -hmm. so that's the most important thing yeah i
2: like getting your guys opinions on different things it might make me think of something i hadn't noticed and i don't
0: feel like we would we would still talk about this stuff but not as in depth so that's the, that's what I get out of this. So if other people get any enjoyment listening to it, that's a bonus. And
2: I get a lot of recommendations for when I when I True. see something later on cable. It's like, oh, I remember Seth really liked that. It's it's a good it's a good uh, you know resource in, in, impulse to yeah. to check out a new new movies I wouldn't maybe have checked out.
0: Okay, I think this is like at number thirty five. We're at um, American Animals. Um, this is about a group of Guys that try to steal an art book from a museum is a true story. It's kind of a cross between a documentary. And it's like they, you know, they made it into a movie. You know, and cast the actors. Ad Evan Peters, who was Quicksilver, wasn't he? No, no, yeah, he was Quicksilver, right? And the, the other Quicksilver, yes, the other Quicksilver, <laughs> and Barry Keegan Blake Jenner. It's It's just like a heist movie, pretty good heist movie, and basically them going trying to dress up like old men and go in and rob this place, and just how things can get out of hand and things. It it was interesting and enjoyable. I did did like it. Um, then this movie, I'm gonna want to watch it again someday. It's just a little too long, but. Bad times at the El Royale. This is
2: it looked very stylish. And it's very, very, very fun. It, it seemed it felt like a '90s movie. The the trailer like it felt like a post Tarantino. You are.
0: It's like you saw. Okay. As I, I was like, and you that's just why so, I felt like I didn't need this. It thing. is so exactly. What you, it's you can describe it from the tra- trailer, but there's more to it than that, and I I'm turned off by usually those. Uh, Tarantino copies mm-hmm. there were so many of them and people trying to do what he did and can't and this one can't either but there are some really good things in it Jeff Bridges is really good in it Cynthia Arrivo is a new actress to me um, Dakota Johnson is in it John Hamm Chris Hemsworth Nick Offerman Shay Wiggum I mean there's a lot of people in it it's, it's very entertaining for the first half, and, and I it guess it's just too long, the second half. Once Chris Hemsworth shows up, first off, it's worth seeing for the voice Chris Hemsworth does because it's not how you've ever heard him sound. It's like he's talking just like an American, I guess. You never, You either hear him talk like Thor or Australian. And this is him doing an American voice, which sounds so weird and crazy. I mean, it really, you never stop thinking how weird it sounds, but they're in this hotel. It's on the state line. Half the hotel, you stay in California, half you stay in Nevada. And there's uh, you find out very soon, quickly that there is a corridor behind the rooms that you can walk through and look in through the, 2 way mirror um, mirrors and see what's going on in each room and it becomes super interesting and you everybody's got their own little story going on and anyway the thing I enjoy the most about it is Cynthia Erivo sings in it she's like a Motown singer in it and she sings all these songs throughout the movie and I could not get enough of it she was so good and just haunting singing these songs that didn't really go with what was happening, so it's worth watching for her and John Hamm and Jeff Bridges, and Chris Hemsworth the boys. But it's too long, too long a movie. Or it would have been higher. This is the movie. This was the 100th movie I saw the other night. Ooh. It was number 33, I think, on my list here. If Beale Street Could Talk. Um, Barry yeah, Jenkins, won he's won really the like.
2: Golden Globes. So yeah jumping up on the oscar pools i'm sure
0: right yeah uh, barry jenkins did moonlight won best picture a few couple years ago this is based on the book if bill street could talk i can't remember the guy's name who wrote that james baldwin is that his name Uh, yes uh, yeah, I can I think confirm that's right. that for sure. Okay, is it early seventies?
2: Yeah, because someone there the the award ceremony thanked Mr. Baldwin. Oh, like, okay. Is it one of the Baldwin brothers? <laughs> that felt <not quite laughs> very
0: stupid. <Yeah. laughs> it's about Fonny and Tish, young black couple grew up together, um, and fell in love. And he, and it flashes back throughout the movie. It, it simultaneously shows her living and dealing with her new pregnancy and him being in jail for something he didn't do and keeps flashing back to their relationship before he was put in prison. And the score is just amazing. Like I will definitely get it on vinyl and it's just haunting and gorgeous. And man, Barry Jenkins knows how to make a haunting romantic movie. You know, I mean, it was just, it was just, it was very good. I really enjoyed it, but some of it went on a little too long. The Regina King was great in it. I think that's her name. I want to make sure I get that right. Yeah, Regina King. She'll probably be nominated for something. Yeah, we're doing this list this year before the Oscar nomination, so I don't know what people are doing. but I, I thought she was great in it. I loved seeing. I don't want to sound stupid, or I'm not trying to be. Uh, say something racial Uh, I don't know what the inside of a black family looks like and so seeing inside their lives in a moment where she has to tell her family she's pregnant and you know and whether that's going to be a problem or not or how they deal with things and it was so good that was so good watching that whole those scenes of them dealing with it and I just I and, love I love this we those don't
2: know because there haven't been the representation right. we haven't
0: seen these movies right. we don't that's, we've that's seen what, plenty of our lives echoed over and over in movies so it was a great chance to that's see that.
2: what yeah that's what pop culture is for to see other people's lives and to be able to walk them out in their shoes and we there's a lot of shoes we haven't walked yeah. in yeah
0: this was a great this is probably one reason why I liked it so much was because we never get to do it and it was good uh the next one I have is Isle of Dogs. Ooh! did you see that?
2: Top five for me. Top five for you. Yeah. Okay,
0: I liked it. I, I, this is Wes
2: Anderson, yeah, uh, the guy who made Fantastic Mr. Fox, mm-hmm. which I really like. Which I love, yeah. I enjoyed. Hey, that's a great fun movie, but I don't think I ever watched it a second time. Yeah, so I went in, I, I wasn't in a hurry to watch this. I love Wes Anderson. Rushmore, Bottle Rocket, two of my all time favorites.
0: Yep. Top ten. Both both of <laughs> the top ten.
2: And so I finally just got around to this one because it was another animated one. And it starts and it's fun and cute. By the end, I, I had tears in my eyes about these dogs. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even a dog person. Right, yeah. But I was so invested in this story, I thought it was so it's his normal, weird, intricate, you know, quirky
0: cultural appropriation. Right,
2: right. But I'm also, I'm a little bit of a Japanophile. I've liked, oh, I, like, yeah, yeah. I like Japanese culture and all that stuff. So a lot, all the Japanese language and the, 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 drumming and the, all the cool stuff, you know, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm on board for that. But yeah. I, it just, it was kind of dark and melancholy and funny and cute and heartwarming. And I, I it was just, it was just such a fun experience. And like I said, and by the end, I was just, I was just so in love with these dogs <laughs> and it's very silly too the whole point of uh, dogs must be exiled and you can read some you know you can read some metaphor into that I'm sure about you know politicians right. and yeah. and that kind of stuff but yeah this this was yeah top five
0: I loved it I really did I, I loved most of the movies above this this was number 32 for me but I just saw more movies than you Jordan <laughs> we, you know that's you, you would love a lot of these movies um, it was great uh, again, yeah, I love Fantastic Mr. Fox and this is just as good, really. Uh, this was a huge surprise, this movie. And I wouldn't have watched it if somebody hadn't said, hey, this is a huge surprise. <laughs> so <laughs>
2: it wasn't a huge surprise.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was a huge surprise that I needed to watch it. How's that? And then I was surprised they were right. Oh, A Simple Favor. It's the movie with Blake Lively and Anna Kendrick. Um, how to describe it? It's like, uh, Blake Lively, Lively's like the rich woman, uh, uh Anna Kendrick's like the mother of her, you know, I'm trying to like they have little kids that go are in the same class and uh, Anna Kendrick would be like the mom who makes all the cupcakes and everything. And Blake Lively is the detached, whatever, you know, but super rich, uh, just strange and they become friends and... You soon find out that Anna Kendrick isn't as innocent as she seems, and uh, meanwhile, Blake Lively's character disappears for most of the movie. And it's just—I don't even know how to describe it, honestly. It's so strange. It's—it's just a very interesting, funny movie, and. I don't know. I really, I'm i'm at a loss for words. I don't know what to say about it. It was crazy. It was weird. There's some scenes that were just like, what are you talking about? I mean, I can't even believe that some of them, like, sometimes you watch these movies that feel like studio movies or something that, that I'm like, where? Are they really going there? Are they really doing this? This is like an odd subject to talk um, about.
2: That's what I come here for, because I would never <laughs> have watched that movie, but yeah. if I see it on somewhere, I'll be like, that's, oh, that's it's worth
0: not I mean, I wouldn't pay for that's it. That's
2: the one that's <laughs> going to be a total surprise when I watch it. <laughs>
0: right. You'll be like, whatever, but it is, uh, it's more amusing than you think it's going to be. Okay. The next one I have is Annihilation. Uh,
2: my number 15... Right at the verge yeah. of between very good and good yeah. enough.
0: Alex Garland did Ex Machina, which I really enjoyed. And I
2: remember you being I anticipating was, this one a lot. Right,
0: because of how much I loved Ex, Ex yeah. Machina. Super sci-fi based on some books. Can't remember the author's name, but... Natalie Portman, Jennifer Jason Leigh, Gina Rodriguez, Tessa Thompson, Oscar Isaac, Benedict Wong. I mean... Just a tour de force, but it's like it's heavy sci-fi. Gets into that super surreal sci-fi that I don't love. But I mean it's a great movie. And it has a message and it's, you know, you I don't know if I'm always great at getting messages. You know what I mean? I try so hard. I'm not a professional critic here, you know. But you know, it's really seems to be from what you know, which I've read other critics and I get the implication. It's like about depression and dealing with a lot of things. I mean, there's a, one of the scariest monsters in that movie.
2: Guys, there was a bear attack. In there is thing.
0: a bear attack.
2: <laughs> I forgot to tell you guys, I I don't ever have real vivid dreams. About two nights after I watched that, I dreamed about a bear chasing me. <laughs> so the movie had an impact on my subconscious. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> what do you think of it? You...
2: I, it's... Well, like Bird Box where I didn't need every answer, I didn't need everything explained and the first half the setup was was interesting and I thought it was beautifully made. You know, the the foliage, you know, it's a very science fiction sort of setting and it only gets weirder the deeper they go. The end was nonsense. I'm not going to pretend I got some deep yeah, you know, meaning from it, but it was good enough nonsense that i liked it so yeah it didn't the end didn't take away from it it just didn't pay off if it had if the end had really paid off it would have been much higher on my list but i enjoyed the thing yeah. and i enjoyed being Enjoy the journey there.
0: but i agree it was it's just really heavy sci-fi which yeah, again if, yeah if it would have paid off in some great way i would have liked it more uh the next one adam mckay's vice it is getting crushed people do not like this movie. yeah it was not i don't know
2: if it even opened in marietta it wasn't here long no. cuz i was looking
0: uh it's the untold true story of you know true story yeah of bush and cheney really about dick cheney uh christian bale transforms himself again And to Dick Cheney. Man, he is Dick Cheney in this movie, as much as you ever wanted to see him. (laughs) And I thought it was great. I thought it was funny. Uh, Steve Carell was Donald Rumsfeld. Uh, Who the heck was... Oh, um, Sam Rockwell was George Bush. Amy Adams was Lynn Cheney. Tyler Perry was Colin Powell. (laughs) You know, it was just... It was good. It was really good. You're going to test Right. You would just... One, I think I may have enjoyed it more because I didn't deeply follow all of that at the time. It might just irritate people nowadays just to think, oh, I got to see this all again and relive it. I'm already li- reliving it now.
2: Yeah, it doesn't seem like ancient history. It feels like stuff we should all know. But yeah.
0: But I I'm learned sure a lot more from to it. it yeah, yeah. There was so much just to see behind the scenes, you learn what, you know, motivations and things that happened. And I thought it was really good. I I really enjoyed it. And there's a halfway through, I'm going to say halfway through, they just roll credits. Like they say, they say, well, his, basically his daughter was gay. Mm -hmm. And they're like, we're at one point they were like, he didn't want to do anything against his daughter. So he just left politics and he retired on his farm with his wife and it shows them, they're just playing and everybody's having a good time with the grandkids and they just start rolling credits and they're like, nope, (laughs) here's what really happened. It was like, they really,
3: they went for
0: it. They held on to those credits for quite a way. I was like, yes, you know, it's not over, but they're doing this. It was a great moment. Very funny. Um, gosh, what number are we at here? 28. Okay, 28 for me. This was way better than I thought it was going to be. Tag. This is based on a true story. No kidding. Um, it's about a group of guys that ever since you know their whole lives, they have wanted to... Re- be like they were when they were kids and they've continued a game of tag their whole lives. One month out of the year, you can go find your friend, your friend across the country or whatever and tag them and they're it and whatever. And it's ridiculous story, but got Jeremy Renner, John Hamm, Ed Helms, Jake Johnson, Isla Fisher, Hannibal Burris, Rashida Jones, First Jeremy Renner basically plays a guy that nobody can ever tag. And did you see this cliff? No. Um, John Hamm and <laughs> no. Uh, John Ham a little
2: attitude by that.
0: <laughs> he's got his arms crossing. John Hamm and Jake Johnson are hilarious in this. Jake Johnson is great. And it's whatever for a while, it's fine, silly. Some of it's like not as good as I was hoping. And then it goes there. It's it goes there like I cannot believe it. You will say You will say, I can't believe they go there. Go <laughs> with there even after I'm telling you this. Jake Johnson says something and John Hamm is like, don't say that. <laughs> and he says it anyway, he's like, You can't say that. <laughs> it's so wrong. Everything they do pretty far in the movie and it's great. And then stay after the credits because not only do you get to see Jeremy Renner and them basically do a video and sing crash test dummies, (laughs) the song, whatever. Yeah. They perform it. And then you get to see footage of the real guys playing this over the years which looks amazing and what they were doing they should have made a documentary about that because the links these guys went to in real life is pretty amazing I just it was really funny and really I can't believe how far they went for a what seemed like a movie it was meant for everybody they went pretty crazy so maybe it.
2: that's why it wasn't a big hit eh, maybe. maybe the word of mouth wasn't there because it wasn't the fun kind of movie you're right. expecting
0: all right, number 27, Black Klansman.
2: Did nobody see this? That was number 14 on my list. You did
0: see it. Yeah. I put it
2: five slots below Sorry to Bother You. Okay. Black Klansman is the one getting nominated. It was talked about a lot, but I thought Sorry to Bother You had more. It was a more vital you know, thing about today where Black Klansman had a lot of Powerful things to say, but it's all the things we've said for a long time.
3: Right.
0: I thought it was good. I don't have it as high as a lot of people do, but I did like it. Spike Lee, uh, you know, I like a lot of the stuff he does. It, I mean, I liked, there's not parts I can pick out that I didn't like, but, and the ending is very powerful to me. Like, I was kind of like, oh, it just really punches you in the gut at the end.
2: And then, but then watching it, I, your criticism was a hundred percent valid. I know it's a true story, but what was the point of any of it? Of right, why did one guy have to be on the phone and one guy in per- just have the other guy? Like it just was needlessly complicated. Yeah, yeah. it Again,
0: was silly. a true story. But- when it, you know, in the climax there, it was super silly. You're just like, why is any of this? Could, this can't possibly be true, that they would do this. But Topher Grace was really
2: good in it. <laughs> As David, David Duke, Duke yeah. which is sad. Yeah. I, my my beyond that criticism of the what happened in real life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How dare real life happen that way? <laughs> I, this is going to be... A, I'm going to have to word this very carefully, but I, f- I feel like the biggest problem in this movie was with the portrayal of the KKK. Yeah. And I'm not defending it in any way, but they just made them flat out evil. Yeah. And they walked around wearing shirts that said white power. And they, when they got together, all they talked about were the blacks and the Jews. Like it didn't show them as human at all. They were just evil racists. And white people love pretending we're not racist. <laughs> no one thinks they're that racist. Right. Even when you do racist-type, racist-adjacent things. You're like, well, I'm not that racist. So
0: racists are going to look at it and not believe that's them. Yeah,
2: so if you would have portrayed the KKK as a little more human and showed them as just normal next-door neighbors who happen to burn crosses, you know, if... the if I'm not even asking for a three-dimensional character, but if they're even two-dimensional, yeah. it would have been a little more like, oh, I'm a little more like that. You know, it would have to make you... There's an easy distance you can put for yourself. Yeah,
0: maybe someone would recognize that they're a little too close to that. But Jordan is not saying racists are people too. <laughs> He's saying well, I'm saying there's there's a slope. You're going down a slope. They were making them into cartoon evil, yeah. and you don't. Yeah. And then nobody recognizes that in themselves. So
2: which, like you said, I'm not sure people who are super racist would ever watch a Spike Lee movie. Right. True. But people who casual racists. yes,
0: <laughs> might have learned something. <laughs> Uh, we try. We don't know what we're saying. Okay, next we have... I hope, I really
2: hope that was clear. <laughs> That's I tried, I to, I tried to
0: reiterate it <laughs> okay. in what made sense to me. It made it very clear. You're not Racism, saying. bad. <laughs> <laughs> we all agree. Racism, bad. Right. Okay. Right. Yes. I think we were, I think you got that. Across. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> what
2: should have happened?
0: <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Number 20. But this one's
2: going to win a bunch of awards. It's been nominated oh, yeah. all over the place. But, yeah. That's Ed was... Denzel
0: Washington's son... Uh, did a great job. Like I, I didn't know that was him until uh, well, I saw him on that Baller show and things. And I thought he he's a good actor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he does really good. Um, Twenty six. Alfonso Cuarón's Roma. Did you watch this? Yes. where did I you? Added
2: number seven on the okay. list.
0: I really liked it.
2: I watched it last night. I wanted to kind wow. of. I wanted to kind of end on that one because mm-hmm. I knew that was. He's winning Best Director, and there's a lot of stuff. And then, like an idiot, you made me
0: end on Cargo. (laughs) I
2: watched I watched Hurricane Heist today. I finished up Roma.
0: I tried to end on Beale Street, and you're like, no, no, watch Cargo. (laughs) Uh,
2: very slow movie, very precise, very intimate, just beautiful to look at. Very powerful in a way that you know small stories are can be powerful. Yeah, and there's a lot of stuff going on in the background, historical things that were actually happening in Mexico at the time, but you're just really just focused on one person and her circle as things are going on around. He's
0: kind of um, deifying his nanny from when he was growing up, Um, and it's on Netflix. Like I'm sure you've seen it; they really pushed it. So and but don't be scared of it. If you want to settle in and see a story about you know, just see an intimate story about what it would be like to have been a you know, are you part of the family? Are you not part of the family as a domestic worker? And that was really interesting. How they go from, oh, she's one of us, to the next moment treating her like an employee.
2: She's always the hired help. She she's never quite you know, breaks the, the the barrier to become man. Family. That
0: beginning, really, like just from the beginning, I was like, wow. Just squeezing that water, and the scene in the puddle mm. of all the stuff you're seeing reflected. I was like, this is okay. I get that this is going to be something amazing. It really was. I enjoyed. I definitely enjoyed the whole thing.
2: And it, it was slow. It might yeah. be a little bit of a it's you know, a bit a trick to get through, but I, there's a couple scenes like the hospital scene is. I, I was holding my breath that whole time yeah. as it was happening. The ending at the beach, like there's some really back to intense the water stuff. that you start with. You yeah, know?
0: yeah, uh, yeah. All those movies have water, so, but yeah, that was yeah
2: a strange movie to have all this awards buzz. I think they had to release it in a couple of limited theaters just to get. Mm-hmm. qualified for Oscars and stuff but he he won several at the Golden Globes so it's got to be at the top list of oh, a yeah. lot of the critics this year
0: yeah that last thing really creeps up on you at the water and I, I was like wow that's powerful anyway I liked it uh, the next one horse movie we got a horse movie at 25 this is the better horse movie of the year it's called The Rider Chloe Zhao um, I forget what else she did I really should have looked I'm sorry but this is based kind of on a true story and it's played by the people the real people um Brady what's the guy's name Brady Jandro um Lily Jandro his sister are the well, their real names are Blackburn in real life, but they um or it's the opposite. I honestly don't know. Anyway, he's part of the rodeo circuit, but he gets injured and is warned that his riding days are over. And she came, Chloe Zhao came, wanting to make a American Western. And she's not—I don't know what country she's from, but she's obviously Asian. And I And she wanted to come, you know, it's neat to get a different perspective on what that is in American Western. She came and she met these people and this guy had this injury at the time. And she just wrote this movie about it. And it's basically about how he is not able to do the, he's poor, super poor. And this is the one thing he is a great horseman. You know, he's a great rider. He's a great trainer. And it's like, If a horse, you know, loses its use, they kill it. What do you do to a cowboy? It's very powerful. And one of my favorite scenes is just watching him break a horse. Just right there on camera, takes a horse and breaks it. And it's just, you're watching, it's a real thing. He really has that talent, really does it. it, It was a very powerful movie and great. And just to watch, and he also... Is friends with a guy who is a real life, was a real life, uh, you know, these are rodeo riders, and he also was injured, only even worse than this guy. And it's just about the relationship he has with him and trying to help him relive things and just their relationship. It's good. Really good dramatic movie about that and just how, how do you live your life when you can't do what you were meant to do? Luckily, we were meant to podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We're living the dream.
2: Uh, when we, our vocal cords get injured, know, we have trouble. to put us down.
0: Freaking, might as well just sick a bear on me. <laughs> Number twenty-four. It's a documentary. I am get into a few documentaries that I slipped in here this year. We got "Won't You Be My Neighbor?" Did you see this, Cliff? Nope. What? I thought this was right up your alley. This is the Mister Rogers documentary just about how he created the show in pittsburgh all the things he went through to do it and it's just if you grew up you know i'm old enough to have been watching i'm sure we all have seen it in our lives but when i was a kid i always found it boring as a kid like i never was loving the land of make-believe and things but but I I watched it. I watched a lot of it as a kid. It was a one. And there was things I liked
1: about it. And he is just... I liked him. Well, I, we only had 13 channels. and Right. There was only... You were lucky if there was anything... Any type of kid's program. Right. Period.
0: Sesame Street, Electric Company, Mr. Rogers. Anyway, it's a great documentary. The best part to me is watching him fight for funding and like before Congress and they show, they basically just show the live footage of him doing it. And the guy that I remember the guy's name, but the guy that was basically running the whole thing was just such, he just seemed like the worst person. (laughs) And it's like the last person you'd want to be up against. And Fred Rogers just totally disarmed this guy with love. He just gave a speech about children and needing this love and this message. And that guy was just, he just didn't know what to do. He fell in love with Mr. Rogers <laughs> in that moment. It's amazing to watch that, that transformation. And it's, it's just great. And you feel you're like, Oh my gosh, I'm so glad that guy's not alive today to see what's going on. Cause he was already struggling with a lot of people against him and what he was, they, you know, nowadays they call it creating a bunch of snowflakes and telling pe- people how uh, they're special and things that's what he did and it was just so right what he was doing and, and all these kids loved him and it's it's a great documentary a lot, of, a lot very enjoyable to watch 23 three identical strangers I brought it up once before three brothers did not know of each other happened to meet one guy went to college and just ran into somebody that knew his brother that had went there and it snowballed into this thing and they find each other, which is crazy enough, but I'm not going to spoil it. There is a big twist because a parent has to go back in to a building and retrieve their umbrella and they discover something much bigger is going on and it's freaking amazing. (laughs) So you should watch this documentary. 22, Creed 2. I like boxing movies. It was good. I like Rocky movies. I couldn't help but have it on here. I enjoyed it. Uh, Dolph Lundgren was good coming back. And I kind of liked the t- the take they went with that as far as uh, how Russia abandoned him after what happened in Rocky Force. So it was a neat take, but still, a lot of the movie was predictable. And I don't, I wasn't as well done as what Ryan Coogler did with the first one. 21 widows. That's the Steve McQueen movie with Liam Neeson, Viola Davis, Michelle Rodriguez, Elizabeth, Debicki, Cynthia Rivo, the one that was in El Royale, Colin Farrell, Brian Tyree, Henry, Daniel Kalu- Kaluuya, just a Robert Duvall, Carrie Coon. So, so many people in this movie Gives you that heat feeling of like a more uh, gritty heist movie. And I really liked it. And I think I'll like it better the second time I watch it. I watch it because there's a lot. I feel like I didn't grasp everything going on. There's some neat scenes Colin Farrell trying to run for office and giving a. Like in the crappy part of town. Given a. speech about uh, one of them or whatever and then on his drive home like they never it's all one shot just like from the hood of the car looking and how he ends up at home at this ritzy place like you can't even believe it was within this drive Mm. from where he drove from amazing top 20 wildlife just watched this a couple weeks ago uh Carrie Mulligan, Jake Gyllenhaal. It's like a, I think it's set in the 50s. Yeah, he's a 60s, Montana. He's a golf pro. He's his housewife. They've got this son. And it's just about like how fragile a family can be. And it really like hit me. It probably would have been way lower on my list, except, sorry. Except (laughs) I, there was a couple moments that really like got to me. They're like the very beginning of the movie they're just tossing football in the front yard him and his son and they kind of the football gets away or they run around the house and all of a sudden it's just a house and you're like it suddenly looks like nobody's been there in a million years you know it's like how it's about basically the fragility of family and how the slightest thing and everything can fall apart and I like the performances okay this is the better Sorry to bother you. At nineteen, blind spotting. Davy Dig digs. I think he's part of Hamilton, or was in Hamilton. Um, Rafael Casal. It's just a. He's on probation. He's got three days left, and he witnesses a black guy get gunned down by a police officer, and he like just doesn't want to have any part of it because he doesn't want to end up at back in jail or whatever or be in jail and there's a lot of rapping in this movie like they rap some of their lines and it seems strange um, his friend al- is this white guy who always instigates trouble and it's like you, he's that friend that you never want to go anywhere with because you're going to end up in trouble And but he's his friend so it's really good. V Diggs is great. I think you would really like that movie. And the ending is like crazy. Uh, 18, First Reformed. Ethan Hawke plays a priest in one of the oldest churches in America. And he has a person in his parish, husband and wife. The husband is like just extremely... Depressed because of what's going on in the world and climate change and all that. He's just so focused on that and overwhelmed by it. and And his wife's pregnant. Amanda Seyfried and just like, should we even be bringing a kid into this world? And she wants him to come talk to her husband, and he does, but he kind of catches it. He kind of, he instead of him really being able to help the guy, he feels starts to feel the same way. It's directed by the guy who did Taxi Driver, Paul Schrader, and it it's has that feel to it a little bit, and it has a, a very controversial ending that has ruined the ruined the the movie for some people. I didn't love the last couple moments, but it didn't ruin it for me. Okay, we're Jeb Deadpool two because that's where I have it right here.
2: Twenty.
0: This is below Aquaman. Below Aquaman.
2: Good. Below Aquaman. Below Solo. This was this was the first movie I saw after having pneumonia, <laughs> <laughs> and people kept. I'd been in the hospital a few days. but like, have you seen Deadpool yet? I was like, I almost died. I have not seen Deadpool, <laughs> so I drugged myself to the theater and watched Deadpool. And I, I remember watching it, thinking that's about as good as the first one. And I, I, my memory of it is almost gone. Wow. I, I remember some parts, but I don't... It, I, I'm blaming my sickness yeah. <laughs> on having very little memory of it. But I, I just I remember thinking it wasn't as good as the first one, and nothing has really stuck with me. So I, I can't rank it any higher at this
0: point. Yeah. The thing that keeps it up here on my list is uh, Josh Brolin was great. And it
2: um And I remember laughing and enjoying yeah, it and it was, it funny, was funny but
0: I, I mean I liked the story, I liked how it broke down, I liked um I love the stuff with X Force, how they put out trailers with them in it, and then they're basically barely in the movie and all die. <laughs> you know, that's an incredible scene and just I liked the yeah, I liked the way it broke broke down, the story broke down and I I enjoyed it. It was fun. I agree, it was well, not as good as the first one.
1: I actually thought it was better than the first one. Yeah. I mean, it's. <laughs> but I didn't like the first one either. So
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. It didn't really matter. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Mu- I don't think it's much worse than first one.
2: Well, You're I, not the only. I've heard people. Yeah. People. Yeah. yeah it. That's not a, an odd opinion for yeah. sure.
0: One higher than that. I have. Ant-Man and the Wasp. I
2: have that. Plenty higher above Aquaman. This is way better
1: than Deadpool <laughs>
2: <too>. <laughs> That's one I just remember enjoying having fun. Yep. It's, it's just great. everything you want in a superhero movie. Yeah, it
1: was great. I, I love Paul Rudd in uh in these movies and it was just a natural progression to now that you know, to make her into the wasp and Yeah. I thought it was really good. Bring back Michael Pena. And and Michelle Pfeiffer. Yep. Michelle Pfeiffer is in there. And that's really insane what was going
0: on with her. Uh, the crazy stinger at the end, no pun intended. As it was pretty good after Infinity War. And it was great. It's throughout a great superhero movie.
1: I and This was probably my favorite. Like Out of the Marvel movies, I... this This is your speed. Yeah.
0: I, I mean you I definitely know this is a for a marvel movie this is would be the cream of the crop for you
1: yeah
0: I loved it too number 16 number 15 revenge this was just a odd movie I found uh, where a girl goes on a getaway with her wealthy boyfriend they're like doing some hunting they're super rich or whatever they she's I mean, of course, she's gorgeous and things get out of hand with his friends when he leaves one, at some point. And very early in the mo- movie, she ends up almost killed. Or I'm not sure, maybe she was killed and the rest of it's a crazy fantasy. I'm not sure. But it's her getting revenge on these guys the rest of the movie. And it's freaking incredible really insane and awesome and i really i like it's like a just a crazy action revenge movie so worth checking out sometime uh then i have a star is born all this a lot of people have seen this directed by bradley cooper it'll probably get nominated For something, she'll definitely get nominated for best actress.
2: People think she was robbed at the Golden Globe, so Eh. we'll see who won. uh, Glenn Close won
0: it. Oh, I didn't see whatever she was in. She was good in it. She was. They were both good in it. Um, it's one of the moments of the year when she sings that song, when she when when it builds up to the first. The problem with this movie is the first hour is great. And the, the second half can't live up to the first. half.
3: There's a
2: couple movies on the list this yeah. year that same problem.
0: That's what that's the problem with this movie. Is it ne- just went downhill? And but that moment is incredible. One of the moment. It, one, if we were doing our music moment list, it would be on my top ten because that's so incredible when she comes out and sings that. And I, I like that much of it. It's pretty high on my list. Um, next one's Black Panther. Where's that for you?
2: That's my number six. I had it top five for most of this list. Yeah. And then I... For all that it does amazingly, for all the important it was culturally this year, it has problems. It's a flawed movie. I really like it, but I, I couldn't put it above anything else in my top five. So six ain't
0: bad.
3: <laughs> right, right.
0: Uh, my number 12... We're really getting in that nitty gritty here. Hereditary.
2: That one was further down on my I, list.
0: Uh, yeah, I heard you say it once before. You didn't love it. It was my eighteen. This is Toni Collette, given like what I thought was an amazing performance, and she should be nominated for an Oscar. And I doubt she will be, but because they use like movies like this, but I thought she was great. Uh
2: it's weird and it's 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 horror and i i thought it was well made but i w- i wanted it to be over it was <laughs> it was more than two hours long and the last half hour i'm like just be over i was just tired of it yeah and that doesn't mean it's bad or what but it's just it went on too long and it was too many little spooky things that just took so long to build right but then the next day I woke up and I thought I want to read about that. I went to IMDb, looked at some reviews, read some fan theories. I I literally couldn't stop thinking about it for 48 hours after <laughs> watching it. So that's a movie that digs in somewhere and it's it did something to me, but I couldn't get over that initial just
3: you didn't necessarily done. enjoy watching yeah. it. Right.
2: I, I thought it was really well made and I I totally agree with the acting. Gabriel Byrne was really good too. Yep. It just it wasn't a fun experience watching it.
3: Yeah,
0: that when that kid drives home and just goes to bed, I was like, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> He's just gonna go to bed. And the blood curdling scream But you can't scream. help but think,
2: what would you do? Like I how we, could you live with yourself? I yeah. mean,
0: it was so real, yeah, yeah. to do that. No, oh, yeah. it was just the blood curdling scream the next morning. Anyway, it's I'm not a huge horror guy either, so this stuck out to me. Cause, you know, It's a little different. So if you like horror movies, I'll oh, definitely check this out. Um, uh, it's a
2: slow burn, but spelled like... B-Y-R-N-E. Burn. Yeah, I gotcha. that's for the poster. I
0: gotcha. This is my last documentary on here and my last skateboard movie. <laughs> <laughs> my number 11, Minding the Gap. It's a... Bing Liu is this kid's name. He took, did, he just was the guy, everybody, just so you know, when you were kids skateboarding, boarding, somebody was filming it. We were always, somebody had a camera. There was always the one kid filming it, you know, and this was, this guy was the one in their group and he became this, you know, he directed this. He, he took, had footage from them skateboarding through their lives and, it's uh, you know this is like where i said skate kitchen and mid 90s were what were like you know movies about this but this was the real thing this was him and his friends growing up dealing with these problems at home and him just over the passage of time you see how things have changed and it's just really powerful he follows one of his friends is just this super nice kid and kia i think his name is and then the other one zach is just like having a lot you know a lot of trouble drinking and things and trouble as a young father and i don't know there's great skateboard footage there's great moments and when he reveals to Kier, he just says do you even know why i'm filming you why i'm talking to you about these things and the problems he's having at home and he kind of and they, they talk about it in that moment and it kind of blows the other kid's mind uh, it's a really another powerful moment and this zach kid turning uh, i really don't want to spoil anything but just seeing how people have changed and the things they've learned from their parents and things and powerful cuts just from one thing to the next showing something a kid would say and then something a the parent says and things it's just it's a really good documentary so it was on hulu i don't know if it's still there but really good top 10 this is going to be way higher on your list but you watch less movies than me that's what i'm banking on this might be your number one All right. ballad of buster scruggs top five top five. Okay. Tell me all about it. Why is it great? I agree. Cohen
2: brothers Western anthology made for Netflix. This is the only movie this year that, when it ended, I just kind of sat back in my chair and smiled and was just like, "That's a thing that happened." Like it was, <laughs> it was a joy to have experienced. I, I just, I'm the Coen brothers are my favorite filmmakers. What they they it, this may not be the top of their game or whatever. It may not be a for you if you're not a western fan but i don't know just what they do best is characters and and the 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 offbeat you know you look they they you might look at something you've seen a million times before in a western and they do it just a little off kilter and it's always interesting beautiful beautiful shots just every every story was different but it kind of Felt like part of a whole. I just, I was just all in for this
0: movie. Yeah, I, I love it. The, I Especially like the one with, you know, the the relationship. It's the longest one where the girl and the guy are getting together or whatever. And I, I like the ending to that and things. I just, it's great. It's so beautiful. Like, I'll definitely be watching it again. I totally lied. There's another documentary. <laughs> what a twist (laughs) twist ending at number 9 free solo I went and watched this in Columbus uh, like 3 weeks ago it's about Alex Honnold who was the first person to attempt to free solo climb El Capitan in Yosemite and it's just like this gorgeous documentary of this guy Attempted to do this and it's like One of the most epic things I've ever seen in my Life to see somebody Attempt this and all You know these people are filming it Amazingly and like I don't even know How they did it it's so Incredible the footage And he just has climbed his whole life And you know of course used Ropes and everything and he's done some free Climbing but this is Nobody's ever done this And he attempts It and it's Incredible to see somebody climbing that enormous rock and they could easily die and the thing is you learn so much about that piece of rock <laughs> like there's different ways to get up it and there's different spots that you basically have to go through to get up and you have to choose how you do it whether you know he's at one spot he's having to choose whether he's going to just jump and try to grab with both hands over the space, like, oh my God. Or whether he's going to have to karate kick out and finagle his way there, which is uh, incredibly difficult, and you watch him fall numerous times on ropes. It's it's insane and edgier seat stuff, and the people filming it, they're filming the people filming it. And watch, watching them as he gets the points, and they can't look through the camera anymore. Oh. They just point it and look the other way because they're like, how will I feel if I filmed my friend dying? It's amazing. <laughs> uh, number eight, I have the favorite. It's Yorgos Lanthimos. I really love the lobster. I haven't seen Dogtooth yet. I did I didn't like killing a sacred deer as well last year I love the lobster so I went to Columbus and watched the favorite this is Emma Stone Olivia Coleman uh, Rachel Weiss it's really great it's it's a dark comedy costume drama um, and they're all great in it I just loved it I loved it it's funny and super dark and there's a lot of great moments in it. I think Olivia Coleman should win an award for it.
2: I am so happy this movie has made her more famous because yeah. she is great in anything she's in. I first saw her on Peep Show, which is the BBC sitcom, one of my favorites of all time. Yeah, and she is hilarious, but also the heart of it, which seems like her bread and butter in the in yeah. the, any movie she's in. She can be really funny, but there's you know there's always an emotion right. behind. They're
0: it. all three great in it. Emma Stone is great in it, you know, as the sweet girl, but also she's got an agenda. Rachel Weisz is just such a badass in it. Just her, the costumes are so great. She just looks incredible. She's so, I don't know. They're just all fantastic in it. And I really liked it. Number seven. Probably the last comedy. Yeah, last Last comedy on my list. Game Night. My number 10. Hey, all right. Wonderful movie. I loved it. Wonderful. Best line reading of the year. (laughs) Oh, no, he died. (laughs) I just read an article
2: this week saying if there is any justice in the world, Rachel McAdams should be nominated for an Oscar.
0: She should totally be nominated for this movie. But
2: they don't recognize comedy. They
0: don't do comedy or horror. No. No. So, (laughs) yeah, neither of of these
2: two performances that were probably the best of the year will get nominated.
0: Their chemistry is amazing. They're both super hilarious. Her Rachel McAdams and Jason Bateman. Uh, Jesse Plemons is amazing in it. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. He's the neighbor cop who they don't want want to come to game night. (laughs) So good. but I loved her
2: character. The typical way this movie is made is Jason Bateman is the super competitive one, and the wife has to roll her eyes like, "Okay, honey, whatever you right. want." But she is just as crazy as he yeah. is, maybe even more so. Yes. So I, I just, I love the twists and turns. I love Jesse Plemons. Did you watch after the
0: credits? I'm sure I did. I don't remember what okay. was that. Well,
2: the we we don't know where Jesse Plemons' wife went the whole movie i don't remember and then after the credits we get the answer and it's it's the perfect cherry i'm
0: sure i watched it but i can't i've seen it twice
2: it's wonderful
0: (laughs) but not to mention billy magnuson is great sharon horgan who was in uh dang i can't remember that prime show she's in that she's great um what's the guy's name from uh new girl
2: Oh, Lamor, uh, Lamorne Morris or
0: something. Yeah, Lamorne. He was great and hilarious yeah, in yeah. it. They're all good. It was a great Denzel Washington impression. Yeah. I didn't know. <laughs> it's so good when she when they do the Pulp Fiction thing in that box mm. I just, it's a great comedy. It's one of the best comedies I've seen in years, and I'll watch it over and over for the rest of my life. Which
2: it was, you know, being gamers. Yeah. It was built
0: I mean, for you, but yeah, it was yeah. it was it's funny. for everybody. I don't have any trouble recommending this to anybody. I
1: watched it and we watched it
0: and You didn't like it. <laughs>
3: okay. It was no Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: It's great. Okay, number six, Searching. It's a John Cho movie. He he plays a dad who's daughter goes missing the the thing with this movie is it all from a computer screen or phone screen the whole movie you everything you see plays out on a computer screen or phone screen or something like that and it and it feels like a gimmick but it's so well done that and they use it in such clever ways give you clues throughout the other things that are on the screen and very enjoyable the first 10 minutes are feel like up you see videos on this computer screen of this, his daughter growing up and it, him and his wife. And it's just so touching and sad and things. And it's just, a re- I really like the movie. It gets totally insane towards the end and almost jumps a shark kind of thing. It's just a little bit much, but I still loved it. It's still, you know, top six. I mean, I really liked it. I wanted to watch my number five again to really put it somewhere. No,
2: I've got five left on my list, so I must have seen all your top five as well. Okay. So. I,
0: I I don't know if this would have been this high if I watched it again, but right now it's my number five, the, A Quiet Place.
2: My number eight.
0: Okay. I, I really loved it. There's some touching moments. It's way better than Bird Box <laughs> as far <laughs> as that type of movie goes. Uh, John Krasinski directed great movie the kids are great the girls great they're you know what do you think of it i
2: from that first trailer i thought it had such potential I'm like wow here's a thing we haven't quite seen before and i thought it lived up to it there were some things you've seen before in other horror movies but there's some things you certainly haven't so it was it was you know for, for a movie i think they, there's like eight minutes of dialogue or something there, there's barely any verbal communication but just tense and exciting
0: Right. My number four. Just watched this the other day for a second time, finally, because it's on Prime for free. Eighth grade.
2: Also my number four.
0: I've been beating the drum for this movie ever since it came out. It was a big surprise. Like I, I mean, I heard it was good. Bo Burnham directed. You know, I think it's his first thing. He's a stand-up comedian and um, Elsie Fisher. Never seen her before young 15 year old actress at the time playing an person about to graduate from eighth grade and all the trouble what it's like to be in eighth grade and all the politics of being a kid and how tough it is especially in this world of uh social media and it's so uncomfortable you know you will it's some people call it a horror movie almost, how it can make you feel. And I think the closer you are to that age, the more uncomfortable you're going to feel because you're almost embarrassed for your kind. You know, My son was just like squirming in his seat the whole time, like, oh, don't do that. Don't say that. Oh, and I felt some of that, and I felt like by the end of the movie, it really gave me that feeling. It was just like we all are that person. We all are in eighth grade. We all need to tell ourselves You know, it's all going to be okay. It doesn't last forever. A few years from now, you might feel differently and don't give up on yourself and things. It's just, she was awesome. Watch this movie.
2: My only qualm was kind of the geeky friend. That that becomes... He was great. He was funny. Right. But that's kind of a trope that I won't spoil anything. But... I agree. That's kind of a problematic trope. I'll throw (laughs) in a few buzzwords. But yeah, the girl, Elsie Fisher... just she should win an award. Her physicality—it was every kid in middle school. You know, she goes to a pool party and walks around with her arms, yeah, dra- shoulders hunched, arms across her stomach. Like it was so natural a performance that you, you know it's it's every kid you were, you know, every oh. kid you knew, and every kid you were growing up. Oh, when so.
3: she
0: she's she does these videos, you know, where she's so outgoing and trying to give tips on life, and it's so sweet. Her trying to be who she feels like she really is, but how disappointed she is in herself when she realizes how the outside world perceives her and she, you know, when she wins most quiet, you know, just the
2: I dreaded uh,
0: those awards. Winning most quiet or
2: most shy. I was like, that would be the worst thing. Please don't I'll take anything else, but do not vote me that because it's that that's that spotlight you do not want at that age. Yeah. But I and I love that there wasn't huge drama like her dad was an alcoholic who beat her she wasn't attacked by a boy it was there it's it's the little dramas yeah. that are huge in your life at that point right that it didn't have to over dramatize anything and it was oh, just yeah, best from, from beginning to end
0: best movie dad <laughs> top 10 movie dad ever <laughs> like oh you'll love this guy number three i struggled I moved this all around (laughs) trust me you've heard me go on and on about it Christmas day Infinity War came on Netflix and I watched it again so spoiler that's the reason it's above Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse I actually had a renewed love for Infinity War so I'm telling you my three and two right now because I loved Spider Man and the Spider Verse. I watched it twice. I think that story is, um, is great. It's my number one animated movie I've ever seen. I love it. When he does his leap of faith, it's such an incredible moment. The soundtrack's amazing. Uh, the psychedelic colors, the art, the feel good story. Stanley. Is is amazing his cameo? It's the best one ever, and I know they didn't know he was gonna die, and they shouldn't get any credit for it. But when he comes on the screen and says, "I miss him already," I'm like, "Oh, just cut me so deep." And then he's so Stan in that moment, and then sells you know to this guy that thought that you know the suit will fit. You anybody can be Spider Man, and that's just what Stanley was all about, and it and spider-man is like the most iconic marvel hero and it just like it was everything i and more what i wanted it to be did you like it
2: <laughs> those two were my three and two spider-man Man three avengers two there you go. i yes spider-verse was amazing but looking at it, i i can't put it ahead of infinity war mm. just for for where it is, what it's built, the difficulty it is getting to this point. It's a wonderful movie, and I'm sure I'll watch it over and over again as the years go by. But at this point in time, I, I rewatched Infinity War, I got on Blu-ray when it came out. And I was not as edge of my seat excited. I
0: remember you saying that.
2: And I worried, like, ugh, was I just hyped? Like is this not as good as I think? But again, again, we're only we've seen half of it. Right. There's still a second well, I, half.
0: I rewatched, you know, like I said, I just finally rewatched it a couple weeks ago, and I had a totally different experience. I was sure I was going to Spider-Man above it. I said, it's better than Infinity War. And it was, I left feeling happier than I did leaving Infinity War. But after watching it again, I just thought Infinity War was so great. I loved all of Infinity War. The only thing I didn't like about Infinity War was I don't like the battles of nobodies. The, the Wakanda stuff, when it's just a bunch of not, nothings, you know, the Wakandans are cool, but the other things are whatever, and it's just, did it. I don't like that kind of stuff. Just like at the end of Avengers, I don't like the nothing creatures and stuff. But the story in was so good, and all jumping around, Titan, and things like that. I thought Josh Brolin was amazing. Uh, all the stuff with the guardians, all that with Gamora, and realizing you know her, you know her father really does have love for something.
2: Yeah, if you had told me going into it, hey, this movie's going to mostly be about Thanos, I'm like, oh, really? Right, I never would he, believe it. Yeah, but they pull it off.
0: I loved it. I totally loved it. And uh, you know, right now we were talking earlier, like what I don't, I don't know that I have a lot of superhero movies in my top 100 because I feel like they just keep replacing each other when they outdo themselves. And right now that'd probably be the one I would have in there because it's so good. Yeah. I thought it's half a movie, but when I rewatched it, I didn't feel so much that way. I really, really liked it.
2: So that makes your number one, my number 12. That's
0: what I was going to say. I know, I know you know what my number one is and I know there's no way it's in your top 10, but, (laughs) uh, guys, my number one, if you know me, you know what it is. Mission Impossible, Fallout. It's the culmination of all the Mission Impossible movies. Somehow it's a sequel to all of them.
2: Which I I made the analogy to the Marvel movies. I said, now I know what people who barely pay attention feel like when they go into an avengers movie if who maybe they didn't see black panther or they haven't read the comics because i go into mission impossible i've seen them all but i don't really remember wait was he married is who's that guy oh that's the guy from the other one Did not he did he not die in that one like i didn't there's a there's a continuity yeah
0: there is lore
2: <laughs> yes and i didn't remember any of it right so there's plenty to enjoy yeah. but i did not certainly didn't get what you got out right, of it right
0: i understand that um yeah amazing I love it. I went on and on about it. I won't need to again, but the halo jump stuff is amazing. The helicopter stuff at the end is amazing. The I mean, he's flying the freaking helicopter. That's crazy. Uh, the bathroom scene is one of the best action things ever. And That stark white bathroom. I love it. And the news that Chris, Christopher McQuarrie we just learned is going to do two more. So, crazy. We've been here all night. I don't need to wax poetic on Mission Impossible. It's great. Guys, we did it. Bazillion. Did if there was suspense? any
2: suspense, I didn't say Isla of Dogs was my number five. Okay. Eighth grade four, Spider-Man three, Avengers two, Buster Scruggs
0: one. Oh, okay. That's, I believe that. That was probably what I had to guess, somewhere in there. Well, Cliff, we're <laughs> glad you got to stay up late with us. Listen to those. Going on I, I feel on like on we on. should apologize to
2: Cliff at this point.
1: <laughs> Be an <in> early morning.
2: <laughs> hey, you got a hundred movies out of this that you may not have heard of, you, but then you, a lot of them
1: are better than Aquaman,
2: <laughs> <laughs> and that's our guarantee to you: that any movie we've recommended, you will like better than Aquaman.
0: <laughs> so, anybody that listened to all this over the week that it took you to listen to it, as you got in and out of your car, in and out of going to work. You got to the end. Maybe you just skipped to the top ten. That
2: was that's okay too. But so the twenty eighteen Poohbah Award goes to Mission Impossible Fallout. That's right. Well deserved title for a movie you were looking forward to yeah. and paid off in all the right ways. Absolutely. So hey, thank you for listening. Thank you for voting for us. I feel like if anyone discovered us through Clutch Mov. We've done a lot of weird theme episodes. We haven't done a normal episode. They're coming since the voting happened. Mm -hmm. So, hey, if you're if you're new and you're hanging out with us still, that's amazing.
0: One of our next episodes will be a normal talk about some TV and stuff. So, eventually, we'll get to that. But (laughs) hey,
2: tis the season for award shows, and and
0: they're usually not this long. (laughs) This is a special episode. Let's wrap it up.
2: Yes, thank you for joining us. Hope you. Enjoyed your night at the movies.
1: My name is Jordan Lowe. I'm Cliff Barnes. I'm Seth. Bye forever. Kapow! The pop culture podcast is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during the podcast are property of copyright holders. All original content is property of www.udownwithkpp.com. Right. Are are we ready? Hold on.
2: And you have some kind of grand introduction in your... Yes. Okay. That's what this was all about. Okay. That's what I thought.
0: Okay. Hold on here. Let me get this in here. So, Cliff, do you know what's going on here? I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Try to control yourself, Jordan. I'm going to try to embarrass myself too much. Let's do it. I don't know whether this delay, whether it's going to line up with the music or not. Because, like, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So there's a couple we'll see
2: yeah I was just gonna go live from Marietta, Ohio nah. it's the Poobah Award well but you can you, you can do that if after no, Yeah, if you've thing. got your own thing well then. yeah I'm gonna
0: do my own thing but then at some point you're gonna know I'm done or whatever I'm gonna be like say something to you okay. and that's when you can kind of take over and you start let, lowering the music as you do our, like our normal introduction type of thing
3: Oh,
1: so you don't want me to play the regular? I anybody. do want you to play the regular thing first,
0: then okay. the yeah, we're, okay. then the thing, and then we're. just... I just mean our normal like <laughs> here we are, or whatever. Okay, he'll tell you say what we're doing, even though I just said it.
1: Okay,
0: it's just for fun, guys. I'm gonna try not to laugh when I do it. <laughs> Exactly. I can tell
2: from you being nervous and you being exasperated that it's going to be excellent. <laughs> he doesn't even
0: know what I'm <laughs> what I'm saying or doing. He can't possibly know by what I give him. He's like, "What are we doing?" Yeah. I'm not as nervous as I am. I just don't I want to make sure I think think of something to say. I have, I would want to time it with the music, but I'm afraid there's a delay and I'm not going to be even if I try, it's not going to do it.
3: can barely even hear
0: it. I have to start over. I couldn't even hear that music.
1: You can't hear that at all?
0: Not compared to the Amen. I can. I can. I can. It's way lower than the Amen. Is there any way to turn that up? I just want it to sound louder because I don't want to be like towering over the music.
2: I thought Cliff was a perfectionist.
0: Well, I mean, it was, like, barely compared to the other one.
1: Is that better?
0: I guess. I just don't want to sound ridiculous over barely hearing the music. You know what I do mean? know.
3: If you do, Like, yeah. it
0: just sounds really quiet to me. But maybe not. I mean, you can just start it with that, though, and just cut... All that out in between. Oh,
1: no, no, no. <laughs> Not <a> perfectionist <laughs> clip. Take two. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Measure twice, cut once. That's right. <laughs>